We are officially live episode number 101 with Kai and Adam. And hey. Tyler's in the back and David and Jorge. Actually, no. Eric Keith replaced Eric. Jorge. Yeah. Anyways, Eric. by the way, key question. I think we got we were asking everybody here. Let's ask the audience as mm-hmm. well. Folks, what did you weigh when you were born? Okay. Very, very important question because we're about to reveal what Adam weighed when he was born. He just it's called his mom deal. right now. Okay. And we're about to reveal what Kai was born, what uh, weighed, and what I weighed. Okay. So I say we start off first with, let's go with you first on what you weighed when you were born. Adam, your weight when you were born. Your mom just said what? My mom said, dear Adam, six pound, eight ounce, baby Adam. Six pounds, eight ounce. Yeah, just like uh, Ricky Bobby. Were you, were you born on time? Were you a fully, full-term 40 weeks? Do you know or no? I was a full, full-on baby. Still really? haven't grown up weeks? yet. There it is. Okay, I'm, check this out. You guys that, ready? That aspect, I have right, no idea. Let me, let me tell you a few people that just put two kilograms, eight pounds, eight pounds, Nine pounds. T Nick, big boy. Lloyd Gonzalez, 7.247 7 pounds. D28X was 10 pounds. Aaron Kalindo was 50 pounds. Okay. Uh, so we have George, uh, nine pounds. We have a bunch of big babies here, by the way. Okay. A bunch 10 of 10 pounds, pounders, 10 11 pounds. pounders, seven pounders, six pounders. Kai, what was your weight? When I you were was born? nine pounds, 9.2 pounds. 9.2 pounds. Yep. And I was a 10.2 pound baby in Iran. That's the biggest baby in Iran. That's got to be the biggest. Big that's, that's one of the biggest babies in Iran. Ten point two. Well, I, I have you a reason could, you, why you, you could be holding a Guinness World Record without knowing it. Th- there might be a reason why you're so big, Pat. People don't know if they're six four. You got about fifteen hundred vitamins <laughs> in a case right here that you do every so, morning. So what one is all time, that? one time, I was given a guy asked me a question recently that I had to tease him about it. Uh, I was standing next to my dad. The picture with me and the sons. Did you see me and the, the yes. kids? I'm standing with my dad and my mm-hmm. boys, and you know I'm taller than you're my way dad. Obviously, than your dad. yeah. So this guy asked, how did you get so tall? Okay, it, it reminded me of a story when I was 25. I was giving a, a, a speech to an audience of 30 or 40 people. And this lady in her early 70s comes up to me afterwards. She says, uh, sir, I've met a lot of Middle Easterns and Armenians, but I've never met somebody with big features like you. <laughs> big features. She says, why are you so big? And her husband was right next to her. And I said, ma'am, in the Assyrian and Armenian culture, I was breastfed till 18. <laughs> So she looks at Get me. Get out of here. She says, really? I did not know that. Her husband says, honey, he's teasing you. There's no way he was breastfed till 18. <laughs> but she believed Tell me you kept the joke. I no, kept sir, the I was. Joke. The guys around me were cracking up. She left. That was the talk of town, the fact that Pat was breastfed till 18. Anyways, but I was not breastfed till 18. I was 16. So... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we yeah, got a lot of topics. Cut off. We yeah. got a lot of topics to get into today. I feel today is going to be like a sneaky good episode. Yeah. So, by the way, I heard you went to a wedding. I did go to a wedding. Did it? Like, did you have any kind of those moments well, when you're sitting when there you, saying, when, when "I'm going to prove Pat yeah. wrong"? When you told me, I tell you, the Chris, audience, does the audience know get what's married. going on here? Though, I don't think the audience knows what's First going on. First of all, on. we made a bet. This is what the bet was. Mm-hmm. I said, if if Adam, who is right now 40 years old mm-hmm. and nine months, is yep. what you are right now, give or take. I said, if he gets married before 43, I'm going to fund this whole wedding. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, 43. But if he gets married, yeah. after 43 and one day, he owes me a Stefano Ricci suit. Yeah, that's how the much deal. are those suits again? Not a lot. Seven grand. So that's the deal. I'm getting married. I want all y'all and, to be there. Is, there. is there a two-year minimum? First of all, this guy's got plenty of money to be able to buy the suit. He just doesn't want to buy it for himself. He's been wearing the same outfit for the last 17 years, yeah. just so you guys know that. Save that money. I've been breastfed for the last 17 years just like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, but not by the same mom. So for you, it's a different system that you have. I've got different uh, moms out there that are willing to accommodate uh, certain breastfeeding antics. 
Okay. All right. So somebody just God bless healthcare workers. Yeah, Caleb, healthcare Caleb workers. gave you love. Caleb, yeah. your buddy gave you love. Okay. Hey, there we go. I don't know if you I, told him to do this or not. Yeah, I didn't. He said, "I'll pay ten grand if you put Kai as co-host for another twenty episodes Thanks. straight. Need a Viking on the show to yeah. keep it Is in Caleb check." Caleb Norwegian too? What no, he's not. He, he's just straight. He respects white American. It. Huh? He's, he's white American. Good for him. Well, whatever he's it is, he's gonna be here today. Whatever he'll, you he'll did, shout out to whatever Caleb. you did for Caleb this weekend, you know, say thank you. Make sure you yeah. send him a text and tell him thank you. I'll let him know. Okay. All right, Pat. How was your weekend? Anything special? What did Anything we do? What interesting? Happened this weekend? First of all, didn't this you weekend? go certain places? I don't know. What did us? I go? Tell me. I don't me. know. I, oh, I see where you're going. I don't know. You're little I, bit, I you're was li- out of town. You are a little bit of a slick Rick, is what you a little see slick how you're Rick? trying to do. No, I was at an it event. It was an open-ended question. I where was were at you? an event with some political people at yeah. uh, Mar-a-Lago. We okay. had a good time. We were at the American First Policy Institute. I was mm-hmm. uh, around those guys, seeing how it was. Met a lot of Aitainers, a lot of interesting folks. A guy named Donald was there. I don't know oh, if you heard of him. Okay. He was he was there, Donald. I heard yes. Adam's a big fan. Yeah. Hardcore. He I, asked I, I about you. Of course. Uh, good conversations with uh, uh, many different folks who were there. But most it was fantastic. Most memorable moment for this, from this weekend. You know, I, I spoke to uh, uh, the most memorable moment. Uh, spoke to Kellyanne Conway. Great mm-hmm. conversation. Few uh, governors showed up and they said, hey, we follow all the content, what you're doing. It's extremely necessary what you're doing. That's One cool. guy said something very interesting. Probably a 70-year-old. Uh, publicist, PR guy from Beverly Hills, pretty known guy. He says, you know, uh, he comes to me, Jen and I are standing next to each other. He says, I got to tell you. He said, uh, I put guys like you in the influencer celebrity uh, world. I said, I'm not an influencer. I'm not trying to be one of these social media. He says, no, no, I know. There's only about a handful of you guys because you're a guy that runs businesses and you have content. He says, but there's something very unique about you. I said, what's that? He said he got brass balls. So that was the most memorable moment of the whole thing. He got thing. brass balls. That's what he said in front of my wife. And I said, babe, here we go. And if you, told, if you, if you would have responded with, look, I'm unique because I was breastfed until I was 16. He would have believed it. He would have believed it. But I don't want that the, uh, the truth to get out yet. Mm-hmm. I don't want because there will be stories written about Luckily, it. there's nobody listening to this. No, no, no. Us. The woke mob is going to come after me and say you should have been breastfed Cancel PVD. Okay. You breastfed for way listen. too long. Are we ready or are we ready? Let's Can go. we get let's into have it? some fun. Okay, let's have some fun with this one here. First of all, we got a lot of stories. Okay. Travis Scott's story we got to touch on. Yeah, what happened? It's a travesty what happened. It's, I have a lot of thoughts on it. I'm sure you do as yeah. well. You've been to a lot of concerts, a lot of mm-hmm. parties, so I'm curious on your take. Uh, Jeff Bezos' response to the viral, viral clip of Lauren Sanchez and Leo. There was some flirting going on there, so he's got some comments on that. Vin Diesel is asking Dwayne Johnson to return to Fast and Furious franchise after feud they had. And we'll read what his commentary was. Uh, Tyler, maybe get the uh, Van Diesel's post ready on Instagram so I can read it to everybody. If it's in here, it's in here. If it's not, we'll read it. Elon Musk's asked Twitter followers whether he should sell $24 billion of Tesla stock. Aaron Rodgers dropped by Privia Health Amidvax uh, controversy. American trucking industry, over 72,000 drivers as Biden's supply chain crisis continues. They're short 72,000. We'll talk about how much cash Buffett has right now. It's a lot of money. Uh, what NASCAR just did, they want to cancel anybody and everybody that's using the phrase, let's go Brandon Sane, that's their slogan. They have a trademark on that, which is insane. You are more likely to divorce if you met your spouse this way, new study finds. Uh, we'll talk about the infrastructure bill, what happened with Pentagon sharply raises estimate of uh, China's nuclear expansion. U.S. Air Force, uh, three-star to Chinese Air Force, let's talk. Biden Energy Secretary, we'll talk about that. Biden's approval rating, we'll talk about that. U.S. mandates, We'll talk about that, and more than anything else, Bitcoin and Ethereum apparently hit record-breaking highs yesterday. There's a lot of talk on what's going on there and what direction things are going. But I said let's get right into it, and we'll, we'll let's just go right into the Travis Scott story okay. is what we should do. Okay. 
All right, so it's page one for Travis Scott. Travis Scott sued over predictable and preventable Astroworld tragedy, a spin story. He's being sued by a concert goer who was injured during the Astroworld tragedy on Friday night, which left eight people dead and 300 more injured in the suit. Manuel Souza filed a lawsuit against Travis Scott himself as an organizer, score more, and concert behemoth Live Nation claiming the deadly disaster was predictable and preventable, a motivation for profit at expense of concert, concert goers, healthy and safety, and the encouragement of violence. A second suit was filed by Christine Paredes. The suit named uh, Travis Scott and Drake as defendants and are accused of negligence. It alleges that Drake came on stage alongside Travis Scott and helped inside the crowd, and the crowd became chaotic and stampede began, uh, leaving eight dead and dozens injured. Christine Paredes severely injured. Uh, the devastating incident occurred when a uh, large portion of the festival, 50,000-person crowd, attempted to rush to the front of the stage during Scott's headlining set all at once, resulting in fans crushing each other. And the story continues. It's, it's a lot more than that, by the way, on how a security guard was injected uh, when he was trying to help somebody. And he passed that. They took him in. Apparently, the needle had the uh, uh, authority said that they watched the video interview witness and review concert protocols to determine that eight people died of Houston. As soon as he jumped off the stage, it was like an energy took over and everything. But there, there's a story. It was Narcan is what was in it, right? It was revived by the opioid antidote, Narcan. And then at the same time, uh, Travis Scott performed for an additional 37 minutes after that yeah, took place. Amazing. So there's a lot of different things. I have some numbers that I want to share, and then I'll uh, get your thoughts on this because I'm curious to know what you guys think about this. So here, here's the number one question. Who is held accountable for this? Because this is another one of those similar situations as what happened with Alec Baldwin, and he's the producer. If you're the executive producer, you're in charge. Astroworld, that's his product. Mm -hmm. So you're held accountable. Now, a few things. Number one. The, the Rolling Stones experienced this when a fan died in 1969 at a concert, and that became something that everybody kept bringing it up. Bringing up the place where they did a lot of people said that it didn't have capacity. This place can fit 200,000 people, and there was only 50,000, so it's not like it was a capacity problem. When they say how many people were working there, there was 528 total officers, police officers. Morning, day shift, and night shift, 528 total. The day shift people were working overtime, and it had 755 security officers. Whether that's high or low, that's a lot of people that they had working there, right? Fans who were nurses were coming out and helping out because they didn't have enough. You know, people were being dropped. I don't know if you saw that video with people being dropped. And then on top of that, 25 arrests. Uh, you know, you see things like this happening at concerts, but not at this level. The part that's very disturbing is the fact that after the crowd is screaming, you go for another 37 minutes. Yeah. Did they know? Did they not know? Who knows at this point of the game? What are your thoughts about what happened? Uh, no, obviously it's, it's a travesty on that end. There's, there's no doubt about it. And we've all seen videos from the crowd, people screaming, people saying stop. Um, I think the, the, the interesting part is definitely the last part that you mentioned where they went on for the show after it was uh, declared a mass casualty uh, declaration. And some say, like, obviously, um, his, his girlfriend, is it Kylie Jenner, came out and said, obviously, we didn't know. We didn't know until afterwards, but somebody must have known. And, and that's, I think, just a failure of communication or why they wouldn't let it go off, up the chain so, so that he can find out so they could stop it. And even when I heard there was an ambulance driving through the, um, the crowd as well and, like, people were hopping on it. Like, that's just mm -hmm. insane. Like, there's no sense of reasonable and obviously at that point you're seeing something's up like an uh, ambulance just doesn't go through the crowd for no reason yep. so so i definitely think that there's a lack of a lot of failure points there um 
I'm uh, on the other side though. I don't think that too much is going to come out of the lawsuits. I'm sure they'll get some sort of uh, some sort of uh, compensation for it. But beyond that, I don't see it being anything big. Uh, I just hope this could be more of a lesson for for anything like this in the future as well. Well, I think there's going to be some big stuff that's going to happen here. This isn't just one person that This is a mass casualty event. So look, let me paint a picture for you. Uh, when's the last time that you were at, at a concert even remotely this insane? Two years ago. Where were Oh, you? no, uh, remotely this yes, insane? This, no, no, this no. wild. Like, you haven't been no, to a concert like no, this no. probably in, in years, right? Yeah. Okay. More than a decade. You've never been to a Travis Scott uh, concert never. or a, nope. a hip-hop concert in years, Rolling Loud, anything. Have you been to anything like this recently? Uh, no. Okay, so I've been to a bunch of these. Again, live in downtown Miami. Rolling Loud is here every year. I know the co-founders of Rolling Loud, buddies of mine, lived in my building. In my, like I know these people that put these events on. It goes a lot of work that goes on to these events. I've seen Travis Scott in concert probably three or four times, and they've been. One was in Okeechobee, Florida, which is sort of like a. It's a little more of a hippie. What's the festival. audience? The, the three or four you've been to is it all fifty k, twenty five k, big numbers? No, no, no. One was at the Miami Heat Arena, which okay, is now 15K, the fifteen k, seventeen k. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't that crazy? But I've been to one event at Rolling Loud where he performed. That it gets wild. I was just at Rolling Loud. Yeah. We filmed. David, when did we film that? June, July? Yeah. Okay. So here's what you need to know about Travis Scott. And and for the record, he's probably one of my favorite rappers out there. And the reason why this happened at an event like this. And a, and a performer like this is that he relishes getting the crowd hype, or as he's literally coined, lit. Like he's probably the one that has made it's lit famous more than everybody. Now everybody talks about it's lit, it's lit. That was Travis Scott. So the point is this he has music and songs and the way that he does his show that gets the people hype like no other. So basically, what happened was. You know, he's from Houston. This was his event. It's not like it was just a random pop-in. Like, Drake popped into this event to sing one song. They have a song together called uh, Sicko Mode that people literally go sicko mode on. Um, the mayor, the police chief, know him personally. Again, he's from Houston. So apparently, they had a conversation with him before the event. They were like, look, we know that crowds in your world go wild. Just, just be mindful of that uh, before the event. Did you see what happened prior to the event? Like the before, stampede? People, have yeah, you ever yeah. seen anything like that? Terrible. The stampede like, was insane. That set the yeah. tone for this event. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of people, not just sneaking in, crushing, stampeding through gates, stampeding through security. It was insane. Apparently, he tweeted before, like, um, let's get um, let's get rage. Let's, let's get the ra I want the ragers. I want the wild people to be here. Tiffany, our friend Tiffany, who does social media, she's, you know, how often does she get into these stories? She's been so upset for the last, you know, days that I've seen her. She's like, I'm so upset at this person because she's been to events like this. And it's so easy to, for this something to happen because here's the deal. The person that holds the mic has the power. The person that holds the mic has control. If you want the crowd to get crazy, wild, lit, rage... That you can do that. That's the power of the mic. There's like this is powerful what we're talking to. On the flip side, if you want the crowd to chill out, back up, calm down, you can also do that. There's been events like Rolling Loud where there's been a musical guest like ASAP Rocky that is trending right now, where they've given an example of there's mosh pits, there are people going crazy, there's you know, getting hyped, getting yeah, lit, yeah. and he goes, Everybody, there's a girl on the floor, stop the show, stop the show, the show pauses, give it five minutes. 
get things regrouped. In the middle of all this, this is probably the saddest thing. While people were literally dying, getting stampeded, getting run over, he kept performing. There's a viral video of a girl climbing onto the stage yelling, stop the show. There's a gentleman right that. after yeah. her. Like people were aware of this. Yeah. So you asked the, the initial question, who's liable here? Number one, this is a Live Nation event. That's iHeartMedia. They're going to have some prices to pay, right? Travis Scott, the person that, this is Astroworld. This is his event. There's going to be some prices to pay. The promoters, the lack of security, the crowd control. Eight plus people, we don't, we don't know who, people who are injured. Eight people have died. Okay, this is, I mean, the last event that I remember something like this. 11 people cardiac arrest. I mean, cardiac arrest at a yeah, concert. Especially for young people, yeah. too. People are getting hype, man. And it's like, this is also, people probably don't want to address this. This is also on the crowd. This is also on the crowd. With You know, like I've been in events like this when the crowd is getting crazy. David, when we were filming at Rolling Loud, I said, let's get out of here, bro. This is getting a little too wild. We had camera equipment. We were, remember, we said, let's stay towards the back. Yeah, absolutely. People are getting wild so when you have people on the floor people are being stampeded but people are wasted drugged out whatever they are that's at a festival things like this happen you have to be aware of your fellow man and fellow woman and if there's someone on the ground you can't just be like oh well good luck buddy so hopefully this is a wake-up call that when you're out there you're partying you got to party responsibly but at the end of the day the person with the mic is travis scott and he's going to be held accountable you have something there i was trying to send you a file here's what i did okay you can't get it I pulled up 11 of the deadliest concert disasters in recent, recent history. This is a November 8th article. Uh, I don't know if you got that or not. Uh, el- what is that background noise, by the way? There's a little bit of static. Okay, 11 of the deadliest, yeah, deadliest concerts. Uh, go to it. The right last there. concert that I remember that was this tragic uh, was the Ariana the Grande. That, but that was a Click on. That's the, the one. That's the one. Click on that one. Click on that one. So let's go down to this. Okay, Astro World eight, dead out of fifty k, Rock Slide Festival in Denmark nine. This but was in twenty twenty. Is that a shooter as well? No. Uh, nine men were crowd? killed at Pearl Jam concert. Well, rushed to the stage and those in the front mm-hmm. collapsed. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, number nine, uh, the Who at Cincinnati Riverfront in nineteen seventy nine. Eleven death, eleven uh, people died. More than eighteen thousand tickets were sold at the Who's concert in Cincinnati Riverfront, and there were only twenty five. Twin- oh my. 25 police officers allotted for the crowd control and the set to begin at 8 p.m., but the doors were still closed at 7.45 when an anxious crowd hearing the Who's warm-up and mistaking it for opening numbers surged towards the door. General admission seating made up 80% of the tickets. So, okay, next one is uh, Mawazine Festival in Morocco. 11 died. Uh, Nine-day Nefesorance was meant to promote reputation in Mar- Morocco. Uh, next one is what? Love Parade Germany in 2010-21. Uh, keep going. Ghost Ship Fire, Oakland, uh, uh, California, 36. This is in 2016. Uh, Indiana State Fair College uh, stage collapse. So this is a collapse. This is a different instance. 56. Santika Nightclub Fire. Okay, that's a fire in Thailand in 2009, 100. Station Nightclub Fire, 100. That's in Rhode Island, 03. Beverly Hills Super Club Fire, 165. That's uh, Southgate, Kentucky, 1977. And then Chromanone Fire, 194, but these are different reasons yeah, on so what happened. So, because the first four are fires. So let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Adam. How many times have you gone to a club where you've seen guys passed out on the side and they're they're on G or they're drunk and yeah. they're just completely gone? Right. Yeah. That's all the time when you go. Every to time na- you go out, you're going to see someone who just is messed up. Okay. For sure. So for the for the people that go to parties a lot and they see that, to them it's what 
just another guy that's mess, uh, that's gone, right? Right. I don't think too many people overthink that. Ah, oh, that's right. Handle your liquor, buddy. I wonder who saw that and is thinking, hey, that's how much going on. The difference is nobody's sitting down. There's not a couch. There's not like no. you're sitting by a lounge area. The guy's on the ground. They're stamp, stomping over this guy. One girl says I was holding him. I was telling people to stop. They couldn't hear me. The place was so loud. She's you know crying in tears, saying people couldn't stop. And I remember when he died. He was he died in my arms. Just twenty year old kid. Mm, girl yeah. is telling these stories. So it's it's tragic what happens. The only thing is when you see something like this is what can you do to prevent this? Okay. Right. So go to preventative measures. How do you prevent these things from happening again? Is it more security? The bigger claim was the fact that there was not enough nurses. The biggest fact was that the, they, CNN interviewed a, a girl that was there with her boyfriend who says, I wasn't drunk. I was totally fine. I was sober. I felt like I was dying. I felt like I was having a heart attack. He says, I was in the middle. I told my boyfriend, I want to get out of yeah. here. I can't even breathe anymore. I don't know if you saw that interview or not. And then she says, I go to the back. They give me a bottle of water. Guy, uh, three people are passed out. I go and check their pulse. I said, that guy's got to go to the hospital. I think mm-hmm. he's dead because he doesn't have a pulse. And she says, I'm a nurse. They were calling everybody because they didn't have enough people that were there. So to me, everything is fine. The lawsuits are going to come out. It ain't going to stop. This is not going to be pretty for Live Nation or himself. I think Drake's probably going to be left alone because – Sue and Drake, if Drake's not an Astro World, is he does he own the brand? No. That's not his brand, right? They want to throw his paid, name in there. He's just a paid totally host fine. Then. He's just doing what he's doing. He was a performer, I think, for one song. Yeah. But at the but Travis Scott's gonna be held 100%. accountable. Uh Live Nation's gonna be held accountable. They're trying to hold the cops accountable. I think the chief came out and talked yesterday. He says, I gave the numbers incorrectly. He says, uh, we are very good at doing these things. He said the media is saying that we were not prepared for this. That is, that is not true. We were fully prepared for this. These sorts of things is tragic. The only people that are struggling right now the most are the parents or the family that lost. Yeah. So they're trying to mitigate the situation, but it's not a pretty sight. The only thing I think about, what do you do to prevent this in the future? Yeah, well, here, here let me paint a picture for you because, again, I've been to multiple festivals like this. Sometimes I cover them for valuetainment. Sometimes I just go. Um there's more than one stage usually at these big events. So there's the main stage, which I assume he was performing at at his concert. And then there's going to be maybe another one or two, you know, uh, ancillary stages, right? They're not the main stage. So what happens is they'll have different events staggered throughout. So at state, the main stage, the Astro World stage, Travis goes on at 930. There's another artist over on that side of the event that goes on at 8.30. There's another event that goes on over here. He's on at 8.20. So there's these staggered events, right? And basically what happens is once the event that you're at, let's say you're listening to Lil Nas X over here. I'm just throwing out. I'm not even sure he was there. I'm just using an example. His set ends at 8.55. Travis Scott starts at 9. Everyone's aware. As soon as this is over, get your ass to Travis Scott. Everyone's there to see that. So the crowd... Moves, moves from fast, here yeah. and rushes over here. And there's no assigned seating. It's just get in where you fit in. So if you have 50,000 people, if let's say you have 20,000 that are already at the Travis Scott stage, Waiting, yeah. and you've got another 20,000 rushing over, it just becomes slammed, trample, moving on. So you ask preventative. I don't know how you prevent 20,000 people from scrambling this way. There needs to be a way of this. There's, there's people that this is their job. Right. Crowd control, systematic approach to these types of events. But a lot of time it is chaos. I've been there moving from crowd to crowd. Remember, we went from one stage to the this was we were at the event where the baby made those um, 
at Rolling Loud, those uh, homophobic, homophobic references. Yeah. We were there. We said, this is getting it's insane. We actually left right before that. But I don't know how you control 20,000 masks. Like, think about 20,000 people coming into a, a basketball game. They got to go through turnstiles. They got to go through security. Yeah. These are people that are already in there and just are free to move about. It's, it, it is controlled chaos. And if you're not head on a swivel, awake, you know, completely understanding your surroundings, you full on can get trampled on. And then when everyone's moving towards the stage, because everyone wants to obviously get as close as possible to stage, if you're at the front of the, the crowd near the stage, you, I don't know how you're going to get back out that way. And that's so like you saw the video of the ambulance trying to get through. How the hell does an ambulance get through there? And then when you're in the middle of Travis Scott music, whether it's sicko mode or butterfly effect or goosebumps, like the guy's got some banging music. Yeah, good luck. People are getting wild, and now you have an ambulance coming through. You see that you're jumping on top of the ambulance. You're not thinking clearly. So there's gonna need this. This might reshape how concerts are done. Give me, give me the order of responsibility. Okay, so you made a very good point. Number one, whoever is in charge of the concert controls the point of contact. Okay, Live Nation. So yeah, number, the, I, I don't know if it's Live Nation. Is number one Travis Scott to stop and say, guys, let's get help for this? Is he number one? Well, I don't know if he's number performing. one. I'd say also a big thing for me would be some sort of like the management team. Like if we think of the, the vault, right? You're at the vault. You're kind of doing your thing and you're talking. You're in your own headspace at that point, right? You're doing your thing. But it should be somebody behind the scenes who pulls and says, head pat, like, here's a note or something, like something's going on here. That's, for to me, That's a very good to pull point. the plug. That's a good point for somebody to communicate. So then the question becomes, did somebody communicate to him to say, hey, eight people are down? That's did someone question. communicate that? Apparently down? they did. So if they did. Apparently it, they did. If it, I may, yeah. if Patrick sees an ambulance in the middle of the crowd, I mean, you stop it. He clearly saw the ambulance. There's no way you can't see it. That's true. So he chose to go on. So that's, to, to me, look, I've ran events as large as 10,000 people at right. MGM Grand, right, where you yeah. see what's going on. Uh, you have to be aware of what's going on in a big way. I remember we do events, and guys would come the night before and sleep in front. 2,000 people would exactly. be lined up in and planning. Hotel would say, you guys can't do this anymore, and there would be stampede, so we have to slow everything down because a couple times people would run and people fell. Yeah. One guy even bumped into my dad and, and mm. my dad almost fell. You know, Security came and said, you know, your dad almost fell so people were running through. They didn't know it was your dad. So I think there's a part of that where crowd control running, man, that is very dangerous when you do that. That's number one. Protocol changing. No, but number two would be, I don't know, man, if you're on the stage and you're seeing this is happening, if you pause yeah. and you said, guys, everybody, pause, stop, 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 exactly. stop, stop. Boom, go there. Okay. Well, apparently he did say he saw someone, I guess, to his left if he was on stage. He said, somebody's passed out, get him up, whatever. Yeah. Unbeknownst to him, it was a lot worse than once someone passed out. You so, got 37 minutes for somebody to say, dude, yes. a person's not breathing. No. Chill out. For the, th you mean 37 minutes yeah. someone yeah. cannot communicate that to you? It, it, That's where the, the huge failure is. It's, it's understanding. I think here's the bottom line. It's understanding the big picture ramifications of this event because this event is going to be here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. But while you're in the moment, the crowd is hype. You're on stage. You're feeling the effect, the performance. You got, you know, all the, the, the all the feels going on right now. I mean, imagine if you're on stage, fifty thousand people are chanting your name. You're feeling some type of way, right? You have to have the ability to say, guys, pause, give it five minutes, back up. Again, the person with the mic has the power, and he had the power to stop this, 
and unfortunately he didn't. Well, we'll see what's going to happen because these things are moving fairly quickly right now. Every day you're hearing some, something new about it. TMZ uh, had this story about the guy getting poked in the neck. Yeah. The security guard. The security guard, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to see where this is yeah. going to go. And somebody then, said somebody said they were spreading COVID shots and all this stuff. You know, there was a lot of conspiracies that yeah, are coming I, out. Yeah, I don't, I don't get all yeah. that. I mean, I've been to many festivals. That I, I think those are just like ancillary random stuff. But let's not forget, the main thing is that people died while have, trying to have a good time. This wasn't like a stage that fell. This wasn't a fire. Yeah. This was people. This is The last thing we need yes. is people fearing another reason to go to a live event Insane. to be around each yeah. other. It's like the yeah. last thing you need to have another thing added to it. Go ahead, Tyler. Well, just real quick, you know, <clears throat> this reminds me a lot of Black Friday on a much bigger scale. Like when yeah. you, everybody was rushing in the door at Black Friday, but that stopped because you can do online shopping now. So there's being a lot of talk about the metaverse. How long, and does this lead credence to the idea of people just slap on an Oculus and they go to a live event through their, or not a live event, but, but a concert through their, their virtual reality in the metaverse. Where they can dress up as their character, this, that, and the other. It's like, does this speed that up at all? And how does this change, you know, live events going forward? I think that's a good point. But look, I think live events, people have been yearning to get the hell out there and yeah. have a good time. I don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon, especially with the limited the limited access we've had to live events. Like, people are probably craving it more now than ever. But, interestingly enough, there's a correlation here, too, though, if you think about it, with uh, all the aggression in sports. And view, people have been watching, going to live events in sports. and the, Fights like, in crowds, you yes, mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. Kind of like, there might be some correlation here to, uh, to crowds It's almost like people haven't been able to leave the house for the last year and so a half. They don't know, and how, they to they don't know how to act. Yeah, they don't Wonder know how why. to behave. Um, uh, on, a, on another note, the 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 Kardashian Jenner clan, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get distance some hate themselves. on this. No, I don't know. I don't know about distance. They're gonna get a lot of hate because they were there. Kendall was there. Kylie was there. They were in the VIP section. They were you know Snapchat and doing Insta stories. She Kylie had a mask on yeah. or yeah, something. Mask like that. I mean, yeah, look, I mean, that. look, that's yeah, where Kylie they should have been. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. See anything? But there's an ambulance in her Instagram story. Mm. So. Like she's like, I wasn't aware, but there's an ambulance in her story. Yeah. So it's like, well, yeah, you were. <laughs> but there's a difference between getting criticism. There's a difference between getting sued. There's a difference between knowing somebody you love is no longer here anymore. So yeah. there's levels to the kind of yeah. pain you're going to go through. Believe me, they would gladly change their exchange, exchange their current uh, struggles of being hated of on versus somebody. I, I feel, that, I feel for the parents of the teenagers and twenty-something-year-old kids that said, "Hey, mom, I'm going out to the concert. All right, have fun. Yeah. Call me when you're done." And there was no call. I yeah. saw footage of, of a brother saying, my brother's no longer here with me. That we to went me there is, together. That, that to was, me is ridiculous. I, listening to this kid crying yes. was so painful. Anyways, uh, our be? condolences goes sure. out to the entire family of those who lost their loved one at this concert. Uh, prayers goes out to your family. Okay, so uh, uh, next story, uh, best life. Uh, let me see what story I want to go to next. Do I want to go to this story next? Uh, let's go to Buffett's story next. We'll do that very brief. So sure. Buffett, uh, Warren Buffett. Um, page four, Buffett's cash pile tops record with $149.2 billion on hand. This is the Bloomberg story. Uh, uh, he's never had this kind of money in cash, uh, surpassing a record set in early 2020. The fresh high came even after Buffett ports more money into buying back its own stock at $7.6 billion of repurchases in that period. The third highest tally since the board changed its policy to buybacks in 2018, Buffett has struggled with a high-class problem of having too much money in Berkshire's pockets and not enough chances to put that to work in higher returns, as, returning assets with no major deal in recent quarters. Berkshire Hathaway CEO has currently, uh, frequently 
turn to buybacks as one way to deploy the cash. Uh, uh, the Cash, how do you pronounce that word, Adam? D-E-L-U-G-E, deluge. deluge. But yeah. even with the heightened level of buybacks during the third quarter, wasn't enough to keep Berkshire's coffers from swelling. So there's there's yeah. criticism from both sides right now because there's one side that's saying, you know, the whole thing uh, uh, when you buy mutual funds, they said, if you would have missed the last 40 best days, uh, market days, Instead of having a 12.8% return, you would have been at 6.8. Right. Okay? If you would have missed the top 20, and then they keep giving you these numbers here. Right. If you list the, if you missed the five best days of trading, yeah. you would have, your returns would have well, gone from 12 he, to 8. He missed a lot of good days. Especially okay? yeah, with COVID. He missed Oof. a lot of good days. A lot of money was made every time these guys printed money. He lost a lot of money. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of people, again, we've talked about this before. This is not the first time we're talking about this. People are, that are saying Buffett is losing his touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is no longer connected with what's going on today with crypto, Ethereum, Bitcoin, AI, technology, software, the direction things are going. But at the same time, you can never underestimate a Buffett. This guy's been around for a long, long time. He's not been around for 10 years, not 20 years, not 30 years. This guy's been doing this for 60 plus years, nearly 70 yeah. years he's been doing this, okay? So does he know something the rest of the population doesn't know? Is he expecting there to be a massive drop-off for him to go out there and buy things for sale? I don't know. Why would you sit on cash for this long and your name is Warren Buffett? There's got to be a reason behind it. So speculation, is he expecting a you know a major drop-off? We'll see what's going to happen. Adam. So how much of this has to do with stimulus being printed? You, you, did a, you did a post the other day about how the money will flow to the top. It always does. And, you know, because poor people, they just pay their rent or maybe they pay yeah. their bills. Now they don't know what to do with it, the money, so they just spend it. So the money flows to the top. I know you have strong feelings on this. So I guess what's your, why so How did he acquire? You're saying that he's been on the sidelines this entire he's time? He's been on the sidelines for quite a while. Meaning he hasn't been. He, I know he, he, was, he shorted the, he sold his air, airline stock. He 10, 10, 10, pandemic. 9%. He owned yes. the top four airlines. He, sold it he, all. If he would have stayed there, that cost him a lot of money. Yeah, he because lost it ten x when he sold it at the bottom, it ten x since then. Since but then, but he's just been in cash this entire he's time. He's been in cash, and you know, cash is accumulating, but he's just been in cash. So why would you be in cash? And by the way, you know the whole thing when uh, cash is king, cash is not king. Yeah. Okay. When you're broke and you cash have no money, king. cash is king. Of course. When you're worth a hundred billion dollars, cash is not king. No. That money's got to work for you. So that cash has not worked the last 12 months. Right. Is what it's not done. Inflation. But mathematically, mathematically, the more you print money, mathematically, everything flows to Mm -hmm. the top. It flows to you. So what he's doing, the only the only conclusion I have, you know, on why he would do such a thing, is he fully believes something catastrophic is about to happen to the market. I also think there's one other aspect to that. I think that he has he's such an old school investor. Yeah. And the way he does value investing and doesn't buy anything that's overpriced. It's like mm-hmm. he like kind of like you were saying with when you were trying to negotiate on a house, in today's market you can't, you simply can't because there's like it's so chaotic. So for him, it's like instead of negotiating, I'm going to wait until it's undervalued or I can get it at a good price and that opportunity just hasn't been around. So I think between the What's going on with the economy is such an anomaly in terms of it's just with printing the money and like it's so insane how it dived, dove, and then went straight back up again. I think Mm -hmm. that for him, he is more on trends and what's in the past, and these trends don't match the past. 
and therefore he's he's not a gambler, so he's going to take a step back. I mean, he did close his uh, inv- his first investment co- company during a time of turbulence where he was like he basically told the share- shareholders, "I'm I'm giving you back your money. You've received a X amount of return, and for me, I don't understand the market, and I don't want to do I don't want to gamble. So yeah, here's your money." And then he started back up again a couple of years later when it was more kind of a return to normalcy. So I think there's an there's an aspect of that too where he's playing and in, in investing in what he knows and the market that's currently going on, he simply doesn't know. So what I'd like to see in a situation like this is where he then has some of the younger people there who are in the crypto market, who under, kind of are learning and understanding NFTs and giving them a certain number of the, the billions of dollars and like, here, here's 10 billion, here's 100 billion, go play ball. Go, go do something. See what you can make with this. As opposed to just sitting on the cash and just waiting for it to, to catch up or let inflation catch up. I think you bring up a good point with the value investing. That's been his entire you know, MO, his entire career, is that he's going to sit and wait and wait for the right opportunity. He's not eager to just pump money into the market for the sake of saying, hey, I'm investing. So yeah. that's the whole concept of what he's doing. He's kind of almost like an old school tiger that just sits there and waits to pounce. Something that I think Warren Buffett, and I'm not here to critique Warren Buffett at all, but something that I, I think he's probably doing low-key, but for whatever reason it's not in the in the tabloids or the headlines, is he does need to empower some younger people to manifest what exactly Berkshire is going to look like when Charlie Munger, who's probably like 125 years old at this point, and Warren Buffett, who's in his mid-90s, I would assume, yeah, no are no longer there. here calling the shots. There's going to need to be some young, whether they're, when I say younger people, we're talking about people in their 60s. They're going to start taking on a little bit more risk and putting this capital to work. But that is uh, the other thing. That's, the other thing that's interesting is that like 90% of his wealth was made in like 10 investments. Coca-Cola, Apple, yeah. Geico. Geico. Yeah. yeah. So, so for him, it's, it's nothing new that he has long periods of doing nothing and then short spurts of doing a lot of buys and l- stuff l- like that. Look, the difference between the world he's in and mm-hmm. an athlete, an athlete eventually, father time comes and you say, I can no longer kick it with these young guys, right? Yeah. Is there father time as a investor? Is there father time for that? I don't know about that. I That's don't know. The beauty of Dementia is the only thing, right? Yeah. I, what is father time when it come, uh, comes down to the goat of investing, if you think about it? So, you, you know, he, he, he is known, uh, when you're at that level, you are known to trust your gut mm-hmm. instinct. But stuff is changing so quickly today. Yeah. It's yeah. not like it's changing. If you were to look at what's changing quickly in the history of mankind, after the announcement that Zuck made last week, everybody's panicking about how quickly things are going to change, how, how quickly things are going to go. So, But I want to show you this article. Can you go to my Twitter account, please? Uh, so just yesterday, MSNBC at around 318 tweets out an, a tweet, and they change it. Immediately they deleted it after the amount of hate they got. Mm-hmm. They took it down and they changed it. Go down a little bit further down. Go, go. You'll see it. You'll see it. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Uh, wait, did they take it down? Okay, go to my Facebook uh, account. Um, I don't think they took it down. Maybe go to my Facebook profile. Uh, I'll try to send this picture over to you if you... Let me see this here. Okay, matter of fact, let me just send it to you. And a way for you, you to can, see this. You can airdrop it to the computer. Which which computer is it? Uh, MacBook Pro. MacBook here. See which one you want to airdrop it to. Just go to not this one. Here we'll f- we'll find it here for you. Just airdrop it to his computer. Mm, why is it not popping up? You want to just text it to him. Anyways, yesterday MSNBC comes out with a story. Are you doing that or no? Yeah, I'm trying to see. Comes out with a story saying the fact that uh, uh, okay, this is the article. Keep this article. They changed it to this. 
Are you able to get yeah, it to no, him or no? I don't think so. Uh, 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 Tyler, I'm going to email it to you. How about this? Okay, because it's, this is not going to make sense if I don't email it to you and the audience doesn't see this. Mm-hmm. Send it to uh, info. Info at Vitamin? Okay. <laughs> so this is, this is the ultimate gaslighting type of stuff. Um, okay, it's sent. Let me know when you have it. Okay, let me know when you have it if you go to your email. Okay, click on that. Open it up. Open it up. See if you can click on it for it to open up, like for people to see it. Why the inflation we're seeing now is a good thing. That's the title. Just open it up. Just click on it to... No, what I'm trying to tell you is click on it for it to be an image. You click on it twice, it's not doing anything? Okay, let me just read it then. Let me just read it then. This is go down to show what time this was. Go down to show, okay, 318, November 8th, yesterday. The article says the following, uh, the, the tweet. Go a little higher so they can see the logo at the top with MSNBC. MSNBC tweets out, why the inflation we're seeing now is a good thing. Okay? Hmm. Now you tell me how the hell that makes any sense. Why the inflation we're seeing now is a good thing. So don't worry about it, American people. It's okay that we're having inflation. They immediately change the title. They delete this tweet. This tweet is deleted. Go to the, t- go to the article that I sent you. Would you screenshot it? Yeah, of course yeah. I did. So they said, how COVID became the unlikely hero of our inflation crisis. The case for not, panic- not painting the inflation we're seeing now as mysteri- mysterious, disastrous affliction that's descended on the economy. Go a little lower for us to read the article. In regards to inflation, inflation hawks have been telling scary stories about the impending inflation ever since the Federal Reserve slashed interest rates to nearly zero during the financial crisis of 2008-2000. It's a message that much of the media has been happy to spread, epitomized by an odd segment about rising food prices that CNN ran last week. That segment was supposed to show in the words of a much-mocked tweet promoting it how badly inflation is hitting the middle class. But instead of looking at a typical-sized middle-class American family, it focused at Texas, on a Texas family with nine kids, uh, one that buys 12 gallons of milk a week in the process that the segments succumb to, succumb to. Anyways, they go into this whole thing. The increase in food and gas prices that we've seen over the past eight months is real and meaningful. Inflation hawks have been telling scary stories and impending inflation over ever since. For, for once, they're not making things up. Inflation is now running a little more than 5%, driving largely by energy prices. So they completely changed the article from what it was before, okay? Because they realized people were saying, what the hell are you talking about in regards to inflation? So here's the point. The reality of it is people are sitting on the sidelines today. When they wake up, they watch three different channels for news. What are the three channels they go to for Fox, news? Fox, CNN, MSNBC. You got Fox, CNN, and MSNBC, okay? Maybe they go to CBS. Maybe they go to NBC. Maybe they go to ABC. Maybe they go to some of the stuff. This is gaslighting at the highest level to convince people, listen, this is normal. It's supposed to happen. No, this is a byproduct of you constantly printing money. Money. And eventually, shit's going to hit the fan. Historically, we've never had interest rates as low as we've had for 13 straight years. Mm. You can't do this and fake it for this long. Eventually, you have to get it back up to normal. When they do, maybe this is why Buffett's sitting on that much cash. I don't know. Maybe Buffett's sitting there saying... Hey, but my, my, my thing is when you're looking at dollar, anytime the government and the Fed's printing, you definitely don't stay cash. That's the caveat. It, it, look, like, you know, one of the biggest fears with baseball cards is the following thing. Here's what baseball card collectors will say. They'll say things like, um, like let's just say the Wayne Gretzky PSA 10 card, right? 
The guy who sold me the uh, Wayne Gretzky PSA 10 card, when he bought it, there was only one Wayne Gretzky PSA mm. 10 card. So watch this. When he bought it, there was only one. A year after he owned it, another Gretzky PSA, uh, uh, the OPG got graded PSA 10. Mm. So in his mind, he says, this car is no longer worth 540. It's now worth $300,000. Yeah. His worry was because there's now two PSA 10s. So he sold me the card. Anyways, I ended up selling the car for a couple million dollars. But the point is, the, the sporting card market fears another card getting graded high. The value goes lower. Yeah, suddenly it's divided by more cards. That, but, but the point is, the more they're printing, mm -hmm. the more they're printing, you, you supply. Yeah, so, so it's kind of confusing what Buffett is doing. There's a bit of it that's uh, confusing, but we'll see what's going to happen with this. He's not. Where is Buffett on your list of people you would want to interview? Is he in the top 10? Meaning I, I think the f very rarely do you find a guy that's that smart, mm -hmm. that brilliant, that much of a genius who's a comedian. <laughs> very rarely do you find people like that. He's that fascinating. To be that smart and that funny yeah. and that charismatic and that great of a salesperson, you have to realize, those, look, look at Jeff Bezos. How funny is he? Not at all. H Not how charming all. is he? Not too much. How charismatic is he? Not charismatic. I mean, to, like, to an extent, within what the, his vision, but he's uh, outside of that. He's you, like you're just trying dude. to be nice to the guy. Yeah. There's nothing about him that's charismatic. Amazon account for There's free, bro, nothing Friday, about him yeah. that's charismatic, right? Name me a person that, that that much of a genius, who's a great salesperson, who's charismatic, who's tough, who makes people laugh. I think the only two people I would put in that category is him and Musk. You, yeah, it's very random to Certainly find people like Zuck. that. Zuck's not in that category. Um, These guys are anomalies. Mm. What's, it's, it's what's a full my guy anomaly. at uh, Salesforce? What's his name? Benny Hoff. Jack uh, Benioff, is that his first name? Yeah, Mark, Mark Benioff. Benioff. Mark. Mark Benioff. That guy's got some swag to him, I want to say. At, at Buffett's level? No. At, uh, I don't know. At, if, I don't know. If, I don't know if you would call Buffett swaggy, but he's certainly oh, there's got no, humor. You, there's no way you don't give Buffett swag. You got it. You giving him swag. Buffett's got swag, man. Well, here's what I would say yeah. about Buffett, and this is maybe a lesson to all the grandparents out there. You you asked like what could bring him down, dementia, Alzheimer, something like that. There's something to be said about he's not retiring. He's he's kept going. He's not like he's 75. Time to retire. He's just keeping it going, keeping it moving, keeping the mind sharp. And, you know, they say that when you retire and you do nothing, that's when the mind starts to go. Yeah. The guy is as active as ever. And it's not like he's some physical fitness guru. The guy eats McDonald's every day for breakfast. He probably could use a few, lose a few pounds. But the brain is so freaking sharp that that probably explains why he's That's what I'm saying. Father stopping. time. There's certain uh, games you play that father time doesn't come. Challenging thing about sports, you have a lifespan. Yeah. Challenging part about anything that has to do with that, but the brain... Yeah. Something with this, this is 60 years. Can you imagine if athletes could have a 60-year career lifespan? Wow. Think about that. He, he is essentially it. an athlete that's played for yeah, 60, exactly. 70 years. I, th I think the only thing with, with Brady is like he has such a good body but also game awareness that he's been playing so long and he understands the way things move and stuff like that, which is possibly why he's, he's having such an advantage he is. And to imagine to do that mm -hmm. for another 20 years. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, well, you know, they, you, we talked about this with Scottie Pippen. Like, you need to have a second act if you're in sports, right? As, as amazing as your career may go, it's going to be over by age 40, a lot of times earlier than that. Like, the oldest is, is yeah. 40. I mean, Brady, the fact that he's still doing it at 40. Brady says he wants he to go to 50, by the way. He's, we'll see about that. Yeah. But the point is, I, I think Warren Buffett made 90% of his money after age 60, uh, yeah. something ridiculous like that. So... Whether you're, you use the athlete analogy, if you're an athlete, 
Um, it's important to reinvent yourself. But if you're going to be in the investment world, in the business world, guy there's no end in sight. Guy reads four hours a day. This is not an arrogant, cocky billionaire. You're talking about a guy that's so humble, so like I'm always wanting to learn and get better. This is not a schlep. This is the goat. You're mm -hmm. talking about the goat. There's only one goat in the space. He's it today. Okay, mm -hmm. a lot of people that want to be the greatest, one of the best, the current, they're good for a decade, they're good for two decades. I've never heard anybody have a number one hit in music seven decades. Yeah. I've never heard anybody. The only thing is when you got the three names, right? You got Sting, you got Ray Charles, and one other that had a number one hit in four different decades. I think it's only two or three names that had a number one hit mm -hmm. in four different decades. Sting, Ray Charles, and one other name. Okay. Gary Kasparov. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Kasparov, and that's why. That 251 uh, months in a row, that's insane. 250-something months in a row. What is in that category? But you're not probably not talking about bands. It, it doesn't matter, but it, they yeah. may be in that category, but the point is to do it seven decades? Yeah, it's insane. That's insane. Okay. All right, let's talk about the, the story between Van Diesel and Dwayne Johnson. Uh, Van Diesel, if you want to pull up his Instagram post, asks Dwayne Johnson to return to Fast and Furious franchise after feud. He said, time has come. He put this picture up, and I want to read this to you, exactly what he says. Van Diesel has put out a public request for Dwayne Johnson to return to Fast and the Furious. The two actors haven't hidden their ongoing feud after co-starring in multiple installments of the franchise together. But Diesel, 54 years old, seemed to want to put the, their differences behind them. In a Sunday Instagram post, he asked Johnson, 49, to come back for Fast and Furious 10, one of the last two films planned in a much-loved series. But this is how he asked for it. My little brother, Dwayne. Okay? My little brother, Dwayne. The time has come. The world awaits the finale of Fast 10. As you know, my children refer to as their Uncle Dwayne in my house. There's not a holiday that goes by that they, uh, uh, and you don't send well, well wishes, but the time has come. Legacy awaits. I told you years ago that I was going to fulfill my promise to Pablo. I swear that we would uh, reach and manifest the best uh, fi uh, Fast in the finale, and that is 10. Uh, I say this out of love, but you must show up. Do not leave the franchise idle. You have a very important role to play. Hops can be played by no other. I hope that you rise to the occasion, I believe is what he says. So, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, the public first became aware of their uh, different relationship in 2016 when Johnson called out his male co-stars from the fate of the Furies on Instagram writing. Some con conduct themselves as stand-up men and true professionals while others don't. The one that don't are too chicken shit to do anything about it anyways. Candy asses. The Jungle Crew star who added that uh, uh, he and Diesel are philosophically two different people also shot down some of the co-star's claims about their relationship, including the 2017 comment to USA Today in which he told the outlet, I protected Dwayne more than he'll ever know, but he appreciates it. Uh, he knows he only has one big brother in the film world, and that's me. Okay, mm. thoughts? Ego is a hell of a thing, man. Uh, the, obviously, this has to do with ego and, and where you're at in the, in the statosphere uh, of Hollywood. Clearly, The Rock is bigger than Vin Diesel these days. And this would actually be a very heartfelt, nice message with the exception of one word. That L I, little, little brother. Little, little brother. Listen. It's uh, one of those yeah, just a little. Yeah. Right there, hey, little, hey, right little right brother. There. Like, if he would have just said, my brother oh. Rock. I got it's the time has come. People are like, hell yeah. Right? He, obviously, he's appealing to emotion, appealing to legacy, appealing to just everything that uh, rising to the occasion, even the, the rhetoric that the world awaits, right? Um, rise to the occasion, the destiny that, you know, of Hobbes, like, the, the, relax, this is a freaking movie. I get that there's going to be some fast and furious people that aren't exactly on the same page with me here. It's a, it's a movie, relax. But. You know what? What does he say here? 
Speaking of ego, he only knows he has one big brother in the world. I protected Dwayne more than he'll ever know. And he, uh, but, I, but does he appreciate it? Um, I'd like to see what The Rock has to respond to this. Is he, is, there's only one of two ways you can go here, right? All in or all out. Because he's, he's pretty much drawn his line in the sand. He's basically called him out before, basically saying, what, we're two philosophically different people. This is not exactly who I want to be with. Um, you can either say, I hear you, brother. I'll be right there. I'm, I got your back. Or, hey, I'm good. The, the, this, this ain't for me. I think uh, I, I was looking into it and seeing kind of where it started and how how the beef kind of came about. And from from what I was reading, it was essentially when when he first came into the first movie mm-hmm. that um, that there was a lot of tough love because what he what he'd played earlier and what they were imagining for the for the character for The Rock of Hobbs was so different from what he'd done that uh, Vin Diesel was kind of wanted to have it be more real. And be kind of more because because they were ba- they were going against each other. One was the bad guy, and then Hobbs was like the cop. Have you seen badass. any of the Fast and Furious movies? I've seen the first few. Yes, I haven't seen the the I think the last one or two. There's ten of them. Apparently. I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Have they're you ever all, seen any of them? I've seen they, all of them. They just you get, have. They just all get crazier them. and crazier. You've seen all of them. I've seen every single one. Because your kids want to see them, or you want to see them? I think it's a great franchise. I think it's a great product. They produce a great product. I don't uh, dispute the great product that they have. Look, there's a there's a few things you got to keep in mind on how life works. Okay. Uh, uh, when you're um, say say you're making a million bucks a year, mm-hmm. I'm making a hundred grand a year. Is there a big difference between the two of us? Yes, yes. dramatically. You're making a hundred grand a year. I'm making minimum wage. Is there a big difference between the yes, two of us? Absolutely. Okay. Say you're uh, somebody that is Mr. Uh, uh, Olympia, and I'm just the guy that's competing, and I'm not even a pro. Is there a big difference between the two of us? Dramatically. Yes. Say you're a uh, wrestler for WWE or whatever you want to call it with uh, McMahon. And I have already done 20 movies. I've been in, um, what was that one movie with the uh, uh, broker, J.T. Marlin? What was that movie called? Uh, the Stock oh, Broker. Room. I've been in Boiler Room. I've been in Save It Private yeah. Ryan. I've been in a bunch of different things. I got a bunch of shit going on. And you come out and you do a movie where you're playing a, uh, uh, a gay, uh, what do you call it, uh, private security for Vince Vaughn. That movie, what was that, Twinkle Twinkle? Remember that one movie, uh, 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 do you know what I'm talking about or Vince no? Vince Vaughn. You're saying The Rock did that? The Rock was in a movie with Vince Vaughn. That's how his career got started with, I think, Andre the 3000, wasn't it? No, 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 no. The movie, uh, oh, how do you guys not know this movie? What, folks, if you're listening to this, what was the name of that movie? Uh, I can't believe you guys don't know this movie. This is uh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn and um, oh Twinkle God. Twinkle Baby. Twinkle Twinkle. No, but what's the name of the movie though? What's the name of the movie? Vince Vaughn and The Rock. Be cool. Be cool. That's the name of the movie. You've never seen it? Maybe I don't know. Oh, you got to see it. It's funny. Okay. It's actually a real funny movie. So, so you know, you, at that point, The Rock was known as taking any job. He just wanted to get in. Right. Okay, and he meets Times with changed, he meets with his camp, and he says. I want to be like Will Smith, except bigger is what I want to be. Okay, The Rock. So now let's go back and see what happened in the last twenty years. You tell me in the last twenty years, if you were to measure the most charismatic, competitive, driven, ambitious, loved, high Q score, recreating himself, winning in different spaces, cartoon movies, franchises, name, potential candidate. Couple hundred million followers. You, you tell me who else has grown the most in the last 20 years. So here's how it happens. This is Vin Diesel. This is The Rock when they're competing. Okay? Or when they're starting out. When they're yeah. starting out. 
the Vin, Vin Diesel's way ahead. So to Vin Diesel, it's like, hey, young man, I'll teach you. Little bro. The, your little bro. Listen, now, here's Vin Diesel. Yeah. Here's a rock. It's not even close. It's not even close. Right. Okay. It's not even close if you think about it. Vin Diesel's gotten to a point that he has one product, and that one product that he's banking on is what? Fast is and, fa- and good for him. He's probably going to end up being a billionaire because the franchise that he's running, it's a solid franchise. Good yeah, for him. For sure. The Rock is multidimensional. I'm sorry. To be The Rock, have you ever seen a picture of Rock out of shape? No, Tell no. me if you've ever seen a picture with Rock out of shape. You've seen Vin Diesel out of shape, though. But have you ever seen The Rock out of shape? No. Do you know how hard that is? Do you know how hard that is to stay in shape for 20, 30, 40 years? Do you know how difficult that is? Like, you yeah. you got to have a season. You got to be caught at a beach in Monaco where a paparazzi takes a picture of you and the gut is all the way out here. Jack Nicholson. There is no yeah. picture like that with this guy. He's been determined to go straight to the top, and he's done it. Especially so, considering how much so, how many videos, he's, movies he's shooting so, as well. So here, here's the point. Here's the point. Kids know The Rock, Moana. Adults know The Rock, wrestling. Young adults know The Rock, hip-hop, what he just did. Everyone in the world knows The Rock. Movies. He is the most recognizable face worldwide. 56 or 57% of the world knows who The Rock is today. That's the most rec- – he's got one of the highest Q score, if not the highest Q score today. Ronaldo may be the only one that's got a higher Q score than he's got. But this guy's actually got an opinion. So to me, if I'm The Rock, I'm sitting there saying, little, little brother, dude, like you think I'm the guy of 20 years ago. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Do you, in Rock's eyes – in a competitor's eyes, he's like, you ain't in my league. If I don't want to do it, I don't do it. If I choose to do it, I choose to do it. If, if Rock does Fast 10, it's only for one reason and one reason only. Do you know what is the only reason that Rock will do Fast 10? Because he wants to do it. He feels like he's... There's only one reason he will do it. Only one reason. Legacy? It is only one reason. It's purely for the fans. That's it. Because Rock is all about his fans. If he does it, it's for one reason. It's for defense. He ain't going to do it because of that letter. Matter of fact, the way he wrote that actually would turn me off to want to yeah, do me it. Too. I would actually be like, like, let's just say Rock and I are sitting here talking and he says, hey, PBD, what do you think about what he just said? I'm dude, what a freaking, what is that all? That's your approach publicly? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? That's your approach? So that, that means if I do it, I have to call you out publicly if you put an approach like that. That shouldn't be the approach. Do you realize who I am now? Do you realize what I've done in my life? But The Rock can't go say that publicly because everyone's going to say he's what? What an arrogant prick thinking he's above everybody else. Now, I follow both of them on Instagram. I follow Vin Diesel. I follow The Rock. Complete different styles of branding themselves. Very different style of branding themselves. Okay? You'll typically see uh, Vin Diesel's posts are one or two dimensional. He's traveling. He's with uh, the cast. He'll post Paul Walker stories. That's Van Diesel. His posts are very one-dimensional is what he does, right? You see the rock. Rock puts products. Rock puts what he's eating Sunday nights, how its cheat meals are. Rock puts pictures of his kids. Rock does shout-outs. Rock will pull up the car and go to the fans. Rock will have a new movie, a new business. He'll put a picture of a, you know people in the wrestling world. The, the rock is so multidimensional. It's very, very hard to be the rock. Very, very hard to be the rock. So rock is not only past Van Diesel. Rocks pass a lot of different people in different industries. So it's not only a Vin Diesel type of a product that we're talking about. Anyways, um, so yeah, if he does it, it'll be for the fans. I don't think it's going to be anything more than that. Uh, and if somebody really wants to persuade somebody to come back and want to be part of a movie, it's not yeah. a way of doing How it. How should a Vin Diesel have approached this? Knowing that they've had issues in the past, he's putting it out there for, to, into the universe, basically saying, little brother, 
you know, here's the right it's, approach. It's, it's just here's the right approach. To, you do, know, do you think in Vin Diesel's eyes, Rock's past him? No. Oh yeah, he has to know. You sure? Whether he's aware of it or or no, no, wants but that's to the be problem. Aware, I I think he's acutely aware that the Rock is bigger do, than him. Do, at this do point. you think he's but not in the Fast and Furious world? Specifically, it, it doesn't Stand matter. Alone. It doesn't matter. So here's the here's the approach. The approach is, brother, we've had a fallen out multiple times. Okay, some of it is real, some of it's exaggerated by the media. Okay, mm-hmm. because they need another story to talk about. I get it. You and I both know where the fallen out was, and you know, you and I both know which one is fake, which one is real. Having said that, from seeing you when I was at the top of the world and what movies I was making, whether it was X, whether it was this, whether it was that, mm-hmm. and you were coming up trying to go from wrestling into movies. No, many people doubted, John, what you were going to do. But let's face it. You proved everybody wrong, and you're bigger than everybody else today in Hollywood. Everybody else mm-hmm. in Hollywood. So proud to have been in different projects with you. I hope we can set aside all the challenges that we have, and we do this last one together here for the legacy. That's the approach. If you do that approach, Rock's going to be like, okay, cool, I'm coming. There's ways you, you, you know, you look, half the, half the challenges when I deal with different personalities and I'll look at somebody and I'll say, that person keeps attracting problems everywhere they go. Okay? So, for example, you date four girls. We talked about this two podcasts ago. You date four girls. If the four girls are all four are problematic, it's not the girl, buddy. It's mm-hmm. you. Okay? If you tell me your last nine friends all ripped you off, it ain't your nine friends. It's you. Okay? If you tell me... You know, you're having lunch somewhere and all five of the guys you're having lunch with were assholes. No, you're the asshole. It's not the other way around, okay? If, if you go out there and you think all this stuff is going on as people are against you, it's really you. It's not the other way around. So a personality like that in a situation like this, you have to know how to deal with a personality like that. Most people have no clue how to do it. Most people cannot get their, their, their ego out to realize, listen, man, you're still relax, homie. There's a lot more people that are doing much bigger things than you, but The Rock, he's at the top of his game, and he's humble, and he's likable, and he's charismatic, and he's charming, and he wants to give back. Very hard. Very, very hard to get a guy like that. Not saying he's not demanding. Yeah. Not saying he's not going to so be did expecting. This, did this tweet or whatever this was help or hurt? The chances that he'll become a part of this movie. Uh, the, the Rock is most likely, my, I, whether he's going to do it or not, it's going to be 100% his choice. But The Rock's most likely, if he ends up doing it, it's going to be because of his fan. I don't, I don't think this helped. I think this hurt. I think there's better the, ways of doing it. I think that. It's, I pretty, like it. it's pretty obvious that Fast and Furious and Vin Diesel need The Rock more than he needs them. Yeah, somebody I, just tweeted, Wilberto Rodriguez said the best thing. He said, I'd expect Kevin Hart to call him little brother, yeah. not Vin Diesel. He's right. They have that they relationship. Have that. That's the relationship. Kevin he Hart to call the Rock little Kevin brother? Kevin Hart to call him little brother because they always joke at each other. Oh, gotcha. You know that one picture that they have where Kevin James. is like, and then Rock is like real tiny? They have that relationship. They have the stories. You can tell they're friends. You can tell they get along. Nobody in the world would say Vin Diesel and Rock are best friends. Yeah. Nobody in the world yeah. would say that. Okay. Anyways, Listen, we'll see what happens. You know, you're doing okay, I, little brother. I'd, I'd love to see it, but uh, look, I, I agree with Vin Diesel. I think uh, Hobbs got to be played by him. Can you imagine if John Cena comes and plays Hobbs? Or can you imagine they go bring another person to play Hobbs? John, John Cena was actually in that. I know he was. Yeah. I know he was. Yeah, it's kind of like when I stopped watching, uh, uh, what was that one movie, Transformers, when Shia LaBeouf was no longer in it, and uh, what's the girl's Megan name? Fox. When Megan Fox and Shia LaBeouf were no longer in the product, as much as I love Mark Wahlberg and I still watched it, Shia LaBeouf was that guy 
and Megan Fox was that girl. Okay, now whether Megan screwed it up or the director, whatever, that's not you know the story is you connect with those characters. So I agree with Vin Diesel in that area. Anyways, let's go to the next story that we have here in regards to dating. Uh, Adam really wanted us to share this. It was his top story, so we're going to come through for him. Um, m- you're more likely to divorce if you met your spouse. This way, new study says it's a best life article. It's hard to find love, especially in the middle of global pandemic. But singles out there should be cautious if they want their relationship to last. How you first cross paths with your partner may correlate to how long you stay together. New survey from UK's Marriage Foundation asked people who are or have been married how they find their first spouse. Um, one increasingly popular method of dating seemed to predict a brief marriage. About around 12% of couples who met online were divorced within three years of marriage, compared to within 8% who met through school, 6% met through work, 3% met at a bar or social outing, and 2% met through friends and family. In the survey, 28% of respondents who got married for the first time in 2017 later said that they met their spouse online tied with the other most popular answer, meeting through friends and family. Interesting, the numbers right there. Yeah. 12% who got a divorce met online, compared to 8% through school, 6% through work, 3% at a bar, social outing, and 2% through friends and family, which means the highest likelihood of a marriage working out is through friends and family. Yeah. Make Adam, notes. Make this, notes. I'm going to come only yeah, to you. So course. tell us, what do you think I about I actually this? love this story. I okay. don't know. I mean, tell us why. I figured you would. Why, yeah. Because I'm looking for a good referral fee right over there. So just to recap this, they, they list the top five uh, best odds you have for your relationship working. Number five, last on the list, is meeting online, right? Because online, it's all a facade. You're going to put your best pictures up there. You're going to, you know, look your best. How many times have, that people seen a girl online and then you meet him in real person you're like yikes, yikes let me get the hell out of here but uh behind that is school or above that is school work at a social uh venue bar or club but the number one place to get business or a relationship is a referral hey i've got someone for you someone that i think you'd be interested in it's amazing but it's still the most popular is that crazy right now the most popular way to meet right now is online tied with a referral from your friends and family. Is that crazy? Why is, is that, that crazy? I, I just... What do you mean, is that crazy? Okay. Are you on any of these dating sites or no? No comment. However, um, the... First of all, <laughs> what are you talking about? In, in his office, Adam has the five different da- dating sites. <laughs> he has a calendar set calendar. up on this which one the biggest closing ratio. Yes. But so on all these dating Tracking sites. Tracking his numbers. In today's world, do you mean people are not going to use dating sites I'm, in today's I, of world? Of course they are. Yeah. Of course they are. Of course they are. It's just, th- I'm this surprised is, this that is you're shocked. No, I'm not shocked. I, I, it's more, this is how far we've come since yeah. COVID. Is okay. that we all remember a time where being on a dating site was kind of weird. You're so meeting up on the this. internet. But now it's number one. Your longest relationship, how did you meet her? Not the name. How did you meet her? Pretty much any girl I've ever met has been in a bar or a club. Bar, yes. but, 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 but I get it. But which one was it? Your friend's. The longest relationship? Your, like, have you had a girl that was your friend's girlfriend's friend or your friend's friend? A and, referral. Yeah, a referral. Yeah, that happens from time to time. Okay, but I'm asking you your longest, longest relationship. No, I met her at a, at a bar. At Club Live. Okay, so that's second. How Found about Blue. the second one? Um, online. Online. Yeah. And that lasted how long? Two years. How about the third one? Uh, college. College. Yeah. And college was what? You just met her in college. Oh, uh, yeah. But was it friends? Like, was she friend of a crew? It and- was a friend of a crew. And yeah, I was so like, that's really through a friend, yeah, though. For, for, but yeah, that's okay. not college. That's exactly. friend, right? So, Touche. Yeah. So, I, you know, 
this kind of makes sense, though. This kind of makes sense, and you meet somebody through the Internet. So what connections do you have to know the history of this individual? And then eventually you date 6, 12, 24, 36 months. You're like, I really didn't know all this history. Of course. Now everything comes up out of nowhere. I don't know if I was ready for this. Versus if you're dating somebody through a referral and they ask, hey, what do you know about this girl? What do you know about this guy? You kind of now know a little bit more and you have to decide for yourself whether I'm willing to take that risk or not. You know, this guy's been well, single for this long. This see, guy's been this. This guy's been that. You bring up the word risk. Because it's all risk reward. It's all about odds. You talked about this when you when you talked about yeah. uh, the book that you recommend. Hundred and uh, one questions to hundred one questions before yeah. you get engaged. It's all about playing the odds. And it's interesting. This is why I think this is such, it's a it's a numbers game. I mean, fifty percent of all relationships end in divorce. Those are marriages. Yeah. That's how many how many relationships do people have before they get married? Ten on average, I would say. So ninety percent of relationships don't work to begin with. So if the relationships and you want to have a successful relationship and stay married and be together with a person, it's all odds. And basically, the odds are basically saying, the more likely you are to meet online, the less likely your relationship is going to work. So we'll see. How long have been people meeting online for? Ten years, maybe. Yeah. Dating apps. How? What's your experience with these dating apps, Kai? You're think, a young uh, buck. I, th- I think there's two things on this, which, again, I'm more on Pat's camp. It, it's not surprising. I think that with the with the apps where it's more gamification, where mm-hmm. it's more like it's it's superficial and it's just there's endless options in a sense, I think that that kind of makes people um, have a more if it gets rough or if it's challenging and more like, ah, screw it. Let I'll me go see your thumbs, bro. I'll go find something Oh, else. this guy's swiping hard, big uh, time. And then the other one is in terms of, of um, with, with the apps, I think it, it can start more casual as opposed to like you're building a solid relationship or your friends and then you kind of refer someone or something like that where it's more in common and then you build on that. I think here it's more, it starts casual and then it kind of just well, Folks, if you're listening to this, let, let's talk to some people who are married. Uh, so if you're listening to this, folks, how many of you, uh, if you don't mind putting how you met your husband, okay, or you wife, have to be married or wife, or wife how you met your husband or wife, and how long you guys have been together. Let's see how many people have been married, how so they somebody, met. Somebody put, we met online. Yeah, I saw that. No, not just somebody. A few people put, but I'm curious to know how many people met online uh, and how long they've been married. Uh, because that does kind of make sense when you're meeting somebody. It's like quantity versus quality, right? If you're, if you're playing the online game, you're playing the quantity game, if you think yeah. about it. Because, you know, you, you don't really get 17 referrals from your friends. Okay, right. hey, okay, so listen, I got an Excel spreadsheet. Here's yeah. the 17 goals. <laughs> I got all their heights, their degrees, their parents. Their You're the type of person that would deliver something like that. I would like deliver that, something though. like that for you with an yes. Excel spreadsheet. But the point is, when you're playing this, okay, let's take a look at what people are saying. I don't have a girlfriend. Years, what does friend, it say? Younger sister. Work, five years. I met my wife when I was nine years old at church. Okay, legit. Uh, uh, 14 years. She's a friend. She is a friend's younger sister, okay? Bar, 11 years in March. Instagram, five and a half years. Mildred Johnson. Interesting. So that Tinder, worked out. Tinder, I'm married for a year and been with her for four years. Tinder, yeah. app, two years. Through friends, 10 years. Online Facebook, three years. Friend of a friend, nine years married. The Beach, good for you, Michael Holland. Five years. Met wife in high school, been married 25 years. j Dog. Met wife on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> married 12 and a half years. First of all, Willie I, says he met in the club and married that. for 26 years. Holy wow. moly. What club was that? So I had arranged marriage. Somebody said that? Where yeah. are you seeing arranged marriage? Uh, the Seeker 2020. I love that. 10 years. Your conference. What? what? Your what? Danielle, uh, uh, Daniel Danyuk. 
met 10 years at my conference. Okay, well, Daniel, I'm glad you met your wife at my conference. My wife passed away December 19, 2019. Someone would love you. Okay, uh, rest in peace. Nightclub, 10 years. Married. Instagram, five and a half years. So look at it. You know, Kindergarten. Wow. It's, a, it's a different story. Everybody's got different stories on how they meet. But I, I see the stats, and it makes sense to me. So does this kind of change your strategy, though, Adam? Does this change your strategy? Because you know, maybe you're not asking for enough referrals. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you gotta I mean, ask. I think you should consider asking your mom for some referrals here, family mom and friends. Will recruit. I, want- I think I still think um, I'm not shocked that apps are at the top these days. Not shocked at all. I'm more just surprised, like how far we've come these days. That apps are the number one way to meet someone these days. It's more wow. I can't believe that, but it's very real. I still do think the best opportunity you have is just meeting someone out. How you doing? You know. Step to them and just spit your game. Have some banter. Because you think that's tell me what your logic is behind that. I just think when you meet someone in person, there you're gonna see how they act, you're gonna see how they carry themselves, you're gonna see how they dance, you're gonna see how they interact with others, you're gonna see how they treat the staff around them. Again, the internet, you're only gonna put your best pictures online. You're only gonna like there's been a time I've actually never really met up with a guy, I've I've been talked to a girls online. One time I met, oh, wow, this girl's super cute, brunette, brunette. I like that. Okay, yeah. we FaceTimed. I go like this. Oh, hey. She goes, oh, oh, do I do I not look good? I go, no, no, you, you look you look you look great. I'm just did not look anything like the picture. I was like, I, I gotta I gotta go. And for a couple of days, she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't have makeup on. I was like, no, it's cool, baby, you're great. I'm just not feeling well. Whatever, whatever. Excuse. But you're gonna know. She's listening right now. It's fine. You're gonna know. When you meet someone out in public, you're gonna know exact. You're gonna know what they smell like, how they look, how they interact, how they wear their outfits. <laughs> Eric's gonna obviously judge if they got a booty or not. Like you're gonna see what's up online. You're not gonna know, and you're gonna maybe wasting a lot of time and lots of energy and something you're not gonna be with. You're gonna know, like a girl will know within five seconds of meeting a dude whether she would sleep with the guy. You've heard this before, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're gonna know, and then obviously it's on you not to fuck it up. But a guy is going to, like, a guy will not even go talk to a girl if he's not into her. Like, they're not even going to waste their time. Hey, what do you wear that? No. So some guys are, are less less picky than others. But still, I think the best way. Referrals. Okay, I'll, I'll give you another. This, I'm going off on a tangent here. The worst referral, the worst referral is from a girl, like a, a girlfriend. A girl she, you dated. No, 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 no. Like a, like a girl, a girl, a female friend. Yeah. Because they always hit you with, I've got the perfect girl for you. She's so beautiful. She's the best. She's the funniest girl. And then you meet the girl. You're like, yeah, what the, why are you wasting my time here? Girls always hype up their girlfriends. Have you not noticed that? They always think that their girlfriend is the hottest, the best, the sexiest. And then you're like, what the, what the hell was that? They think their friends are hotter than they are. Have you not experienced this? No. You haven't? I haven't had that issue. You got to get better referrals. Listen, it makes know. sense why you're single. So I, <laughs> what I want you to do is I want you to stay committed to being single till 43 and one day old. I'm gonna, get married I'm, after that. The right age is 45. married at 42 and 364 the, 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 days. The, the, the right money. age is 45, right? 45-ish, give or take. That's a, that's I'd like it, to yeah. know from the crowd, is the best way to meet some person is just out and about and stepping to them and saying, hey, how you doing? For I, what, though? What's the outcome? No, the uh, outcome is to find a person to share your time with, a relationship. No, share your time with you, uh, wherever you meet. A relationship. A potential wife? Sure. A potential wife. Yeah, of course. Whatever gives you more intel and data, and there's a connection. Okay, Meaning, 
if the connection comes first. But, you, but, I think, but I don't disagree on the connection part. Mm-hmm. But but connection long term, that doesn't keep the marriage together if it's just connection. You need way more than just the connection part I right agree. off the bat. So, I agree. so to me, it's the more people know what kind of girl you're looking for, the more people are working for you. That's it. The more people know what kind of girl you're looking for. Yeah. And then you choose. I just don't feel her. No problem. All good. Because you have to feel. But if it's coming from somebody that you've known the history, and everyone's going to bring some kind of baggage that you're going to have to build. But it's going to be a lot less baggage than somebody you've never met before online that do you think they're going to tell you 80% they're, they're bad? Eventually, the baggage is all going to show up within 5, 10 years. And like, who the hell did I marry? 5, 10 years? Five ten dates, not five ten dates. No, no, you don't. No, no. The real baggage takes a few years to show oh, up. Oh, really? Be, uh, yeah, yeah. The real baggage is not going to come right off the bat. So, no matter who you go with, it's going to show up. Okay, she's going to go to somewhere. All of a sudden, she's going to be like, "Freaking, I've been dating this guy. I've already met seven exes of his." Okay, what the hell is this all about? That may take two years. Okay, she's out there with you, and then she's going to have to find out well, why is this guy been single all these years. She mm-hmm. needs to know that intel. But if she knows it through Chris or somebody else, gonna be like, well, okay, that makes sense then on what happened with this guy. Yeah. Totally understand. So the more people know what you're looking for, the more people are working for you. Can I say something since we're on this relationship? You know what I never understand? Tell me. Someone who always hates their ex. You know what I'm talking about I here? I totally agree. I don't understand that. I totally okay, agree. Okay, I've had girlfriends yeah. before. I've had maybe yeah. three or four serious yeah. relationships, whatever, they didn't work out. I'm, I could text or call any of my exes and be like, how are you? You know, totally good. It didn't work out. We're not together. They would only say good things. I don't understand the person. I fucking hate my ex. The worst. And like, that's every ex. Like you said before, you know, if you've been ripped off by the last 10 people you've done business it with, ain't the 10 it's people. on you. Yeah. So I don't understand that. Like yeah. always hating your ex. Right. I agree. What I is totally that? agree. I don't know what that is. I don't understand. I, to, sh- to share your life with someone, But let me tell you about year, these six exes years. I dated who were absolute freaking waste of time. I want to tell you. <laughs> and that's how the story starts. Yeah. How was your last girl? Oh, she was. A, how was he last? Oh, he was a this. Now, some of them are yeah. problematic. But for the most part. So anyways, going back to this. If a guy is serious about getting married before 43 years old, mm-hmm. whoever this guy is. Yeah. Make sure as many people that you respect mm-hmm. know what you're looking for. Yeah, that's people true. that you respect, not just anybody that's not uh, just any Uber driver yeah, who drops you yeah. off. Okay, people that you They're respect helpful. know what you're looking for and let them go to work. Well, good luck out yeah. there, everybody. Everyone yeah. needs a little luck on their side. Exactly. I think we know who's exactly. going to get married uh, before anyone else here over there. Who, Eric? Yeah, he's. You he's think due. so? He's due. Well, he's good for him. Good for him on where he's at. Okay, yeah, I, Kai, you, you know, I was, I, I was really hoping you would have a little honesty and. Open, open up the book a little bit. You on know, what I, I like you. You like to keep things close to the vest. I get it. But this guy's on what aspect? He's, done, he's you've you've used Bumble. You've used I've, apps. I've been on some of them. You've been nothing, out there. Nothing serious has come out of it. So okay. Is there anything else? I you know yeah I think you got some stories that you could share, but you're holding them back. You're gonna you're gonna talk or you're gonna be. I mean I don't know what stories he's digging uh, for. I, here. I think what he's stuff. talking about is your late night yoga courses that you take. <laughs> your, your, Those are amazing. Yeah, great. Look how Fantastic. red starting right here. Fantastic. Okay, so let's go to the next story, which Kai, is Kai's low key got some some internet game. Kai does low key. He won't admit Listen, it. He won't whoever, say it. Whoever whoever plays the card of I don't care yeah. is attractive. That's Kai's game. Yeah, I yeah. don't care is his game. If you want to find out who yeah. can care less, Kai got your beat. Yeah, Kai could care less, and that's attractive to a lot of people out there. Okay, hopefully a lot of women out there for him, but, you know. Uh, we'll see, we'll uh, see. Uh, so let's get we'll right see. into it. Let's get right into it. All right, so next next one we got here. Next one we got here. 
uh, truckers. Actually, no, let's go to the NASCAR story first. Okay. After going woke, NASCAR condemns Let's Go Brandon Chant, threatens to sue, use of slogan with its trademarks. This is a Daily Wire story. NASCAR president Steve Phelps has threatened to sue those who use the word Let's Go Brandon slogan on merchandise, merchandise featuring a NASCAR trademark and has condemned the use of the slogan, claiming that NASCAR does not want to be associated with politics. We will pursue whoever is using the slogan and get that stuff, Phelps said. That's not okay. It's not okay that you're using our trademarks illegally, regardless of whether we agree with that position is. I feel for Brandon, Phelps said. I think, unfortunately, speaks to the state of where we are as a country. We do not want to associate ourselves with politics, left or right. We obviously have... And we've always had, as a sport, a tremendous respect for the office of the president, no matter who is sitting. Okay, so can you imagine how ludicrous this is the president of NASCAR? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me to say we're going to sue those who use the phrase, let's go, Brandon? I, I think the, uh, the way I read it, the way I read though. it, it's different, though. If you, uh, Tyler, if you look up, let's go, Brandon, merch, you'll see, you'll see merch with the NASCAR logo on it. That I can get. Mm-hmm. Let's go, Brandon. No, that's not what he's saying, though. No, no, that's not what he's saying. Because you see... Uh, okay, let delete, me ask you what, the merch. Delete you mean merch. to tell me NASCAR sells a shirt saying, let's go, Brandon? They don't. Okay. But they. Right. But there's companies here. You see all these shirts. Yeah, they okay, have I get logo. this part. That, that I But that's get. not what he's talking about. Stop, yeah. stop, stop. That's not what he's talking about. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about, you know, the, the color of the NASCAR logo. He's saying politics. Yeah. If you say the usage of the NASCAR logo, I get it. He's saying... Let's go, Brandon. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You can't use a phrase. This, to me, has everything to do with corporate versus culture. So what do I mean by that? Culture-wise, this is let's go, Brandon, central. Good luck yeah. getting your, your fan base to stop saying let's go, Brandon. Like, you don't have to be the smartest, uh, sharpest tool in the shed to understand that they are the let's go, Brandon champions of the world. Now, when you the want NASCAR to, audience, hundred yeah. percent. What percentage of the NASCAR audience yeah. are, do, leans right? Have you been right? to NASCAR races? I've been to one. Um, how, what percentage of you think the NASCAR audience leans right? Ninety percent, seventy-five percent. I would say even higher than okay, that. Okay, fine. Okay, point it. What, what number do you think? I'm let's call it eighty-twenty. Yeah. Let's call it eighty-twenty. Okay. They ain't stopping the Let's Go Brandon chant. That ain't stopping anytime soon. And you know what? Good for them. Free speech, baby, America. Root for Brandon all you want. On the other hand. The corporate side of things, the sponsor side of Stop. things. Not hear me out. Nobody, nobody is more beholden to their sponsors than NASCAR. Every single car they have has fifteen hundred sponsors littered across the car. Every single car has got corporate sponsor, corporate sponsor, corporate sponsor, you know corporate what's the sponsor. Better approach. What's that? You're gonna say anybody that uses the word "Let's go, Brandon"? We're coming after you. What a moron! On there, with their logo associated. This is, again, this has everything to do with culture versus yeah. corporate, okay? Yeah. When you're talking trademarks, whether it was Let's Go Brandon or F Joe Biden or F Trump, if you're using NASCAR's logo, they're basically saying, uh-uh, not so fast, I buddy. think that part, he's one million percent right to use NASCAR's logo. I think logo. it's that's portrayed, right, exactly. portrayed in the wrong way or if, it's communicated if, the wrong way. No, but that's not what he's saying. He's saying politics. If you're using the NASCAR logo, you must stop. Yeah. If you're not using a, 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 a NASCAR logo, yeah, then, then he can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, do leave it thing. alone. I agree. Yeah. Do your thing. But I, I think if you asked me which sport is least likely to go woke, least likely, I'd put NASCAR at the top of that list. 
But it just shows that when you bring I put UFC corporate, you think you think you think the percentage of guys on NASCAR being on the right is higher than the percentage of people in NBA that are on the left. I think it's the same. Are you saying players I, I, I or are you saying fans? I think I think the NBA is ninety plus percent left players. I agree. Okay, where drivers in NASCAR are probably going to be seventy five percent right. I, I think it's very even. Yeah, I, I think it's. NASCAR tends to be a little more right, a lot more right, for sure. I don't disagree. For yeah, sure. I don't disagree. Whether that's 80 or 90, who, yeah. who knows? I'm sure there's a poll out there. But secretly, I think a lot of NBA guys um, are a little more middle than than they would be portrayed. I think during the whole social justice movement and the bubble and everything that was going out there, yeah. I think a lot of people, even if they didn't agree with it, were like, all right, I guess I got to be on board with this. The one guy that didn't kneel, or the one guy that um, what yeah, do you, what do you, he didn't know he didn't kneel for the he didn't kneel for the t-shirt exactly and then he broke his knee yeah that's a rough go the one the one that what Jonathan the, Isaac and his oh, yeah, yeah, his yeah, jersey yeah, sales yeah. one for same yeah but anyway what's the bottom line here with this NASCAR thing you think that it's they're just, just gonna they're not gonna embrace the let's go Brandon on their trade they, I, they shouldn't first of all you should not they, yeah. they should not sell anything NASCAR saying let's go Brandon mm-hmm. NASCAR shouldn't number one they're not yeah. number two you can't use somebody's logo so anybody that's selling or using NASCAR's logo yeah absolutely right. you can do whatever you want to do with it but people using a phrase let's go Brandon they're gonna use a phrase. Can't do nothing about Without it. Without a doubt. Yeah. Good luck getting them okay. to stop doing let's that. Let's talk about the let's talk about the story on uh, Elon Musk says he will sell twenty four billion dollars of Tesla stock if Twitter Twitter votes for it. While the world's richest persons uh, uh, richest people's net worth is reportedly in the billions of dollars and can fluctuate by billions of dollars every month, that value is not liquid unless they were to sell stocks, otherwise known as unrealized gains. Currently, our tax code and financial systems are built around the notion that you haven't made any money until you sell those stocks and realize the gains. This results in billionaires sometimes seeing their net worth increase by billions of dollars in a year and yet not having to pay any taxes that year. Tesla CEO Elon Musk has argued against taxing those unrealized gains, which makes sense, but he has now taken it to Twitter to offer an alternative. He says that if Twitter votes for it, he will sell 10% of a stake in Tesla, which is going to have to pay Taxes on because he owes. He has a fifteen billion dollar tax bill right now, according to N, uh, CN, C, uh, CNBC. Mm-hmm. Combined the state and federal tax rate, it'll be fifty four point one percent. So the total tax on his options at the current price will be fifteen billion dollars. If you want to go to his tweet, actually click on it, go to it. But go look to at the results Musk. of the poll, though. What did they say? Yes. Yes. So what does this mean? Now? Yes. So he asked this question. Yep. Right. Almost 60-40, yep. si- almost 60%, 58% said, yes, I support you selling. By the way, he said, I will abide by the results of this poll. So what does that mean now? Is he going to stay true to his word and actually sell 10% of I his think stock? So. I think so. You think he's going to do that? That's why Tesla has been going down the last few days. I mean, I think so. But I had a, I had a question, though, on this because I was looking at it, and they, they said that the um, – Options uh, in the 2012 as a part of the compensation p- plan because he doesn't make a bonus or salary. His wealth comes from stock prices, and they said that they would um, the options would expire in August of the, next the year. Tweet, Does that mean he wouldn't get those stock options? Options that expire yeah, he, next it, year. Yeah, it was saying here the options expire in August of next year. 
Um, yet in order to exercise them, Musk has to pay the income tax on the gain. Does that mean that he wouldn't receive them if he doesn't, if they expire? Would they go back to Tesla st- um, stockholders? Yeah, but he would activate it. He would exercise the stocks and yeah. he would buy them. Yeah. So he so he buys them. So he, so, so for him he of has course. to basically has to do this anyway. So it's either do it now yeah. and be a meme king but, but, or do it next. But, but guess August. guess what the move is on doing it this way. Guess what the move is on doing now it this way. Now people want him to do it. So when that comes back, public sentiment. So yes. this the, his strategy on doing it this way is to prevent the Tesla stock of dropping dramatically. So he goes and asks. So yeah. the audience says this. Yeah. Then he says, I will abide by it. I'm doing what you asked me to do. He, I didn't make the yeah. decision. He must have known that the audience was going to vote for yes. Of course he does. There's yeah. a part of everyone that's like, do it, bro. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Especially who, if it's like 15 who, million, who 10%. Want, exactly. Like, everyone, 15 billion. billion. How, many, billion. How, many, how many votes? Three and a half million? Yeah. Something that you know people should understand, maybe people don't aren't, aren't familiar with this, you could probably speak to this, is the realized versus unrealized gains. He talks about, he says... Look, I do not take a cash salary or bonus from anywhere. I only have stock. Thus, the only way for me to pay taxes personally is to sell stock. You know, the billionaires became way richer this year. Why? Because of their stock in the stock market, right? So, anyway, thoughts on on taxing. That's a lot of talk about. We talked about this. Gains? Taxing it's unrealized pathetic. gains. That's crazy, right? It's pathetic. It's the dumbest thing they've ever talked about. What do you mean unrealized gains? You know how tough of a situation you're going to put people into? It's going to be insane if they do something like that. Just the fact that they're t- they're talking about it makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. Just the Break fact that Break that down. Why does it make no sense? Because you haven't made money. You know how they say this guy's worth $2 billion? He's worth $2 billion today, pre-tax. After tax, he's probably only worth $920 million. Did that if make he sells? You're saying no, no. It, it, the money is not going to come. Two billion dollars is not going to come to the guy. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, Elon Musk says he's worth what three hundred billion dollars. What is Elon Musk really worth? Elon Musk is really if he sold hundred percent of what he owns. Let's just say the shares. Most of it is in stock. Let's just say out of three hundred billion dollars, he's worth say two eighty is in stocks. Twenty billion is something else. I, whatever. I'm just yeah, guesstimating. Yeah, yeah. The two eighty billion he sells capital gains. Capital he's going to pay what on that? Twenty percent. The twenty percent. So. 28% on 280 is what? 56. 56 minus 280 is what? 234? 224? He's worth 224. That's assuming this stock doesn't drop another 20% tomorrow, so, and then that's even that's, way less. So, so to say this guy's worth this much, he's not worth that much. He well, yeah, has got to pay taxes, clearly. You, you, it's paper. Right. There's, there's difference between cash-rich and paper-rich. Paper-rich is what that thing is worth on that day. Okay. So then you sell, yeah. you still have to pay that taxes. So it but makes no the, sense the to go- pay unrealized the- Gains taxes. The government, you know, everything that's going on with the wealth tax and the billionaires tax they're talking, there's two people at the top of their list that they're looking at and they're getting, they're salivating. They're looking at Bezos and they're looking at Musk and they're saying, we want a piece of that money. These guys have become, dude, I did a... a, Wrong enemy, though. You're going after the wrong person. Well, because they can afford to fight you. And they're going to hire all the no, best CPAs, it's, it's lawyers, about, lobbyists, everything that. else. It's there. not about that. It's not about that. What's it about? So, so let me let me ask a question. So, for example, for example, let's just say, um, you know, you you create a uh, uh, you create an incentive program where you make certain things uh, uh, legal. Whatever, take a drug that you make legal. Okay, and I use the cocaine. Okay, I use cocaine, and all of a sudden I get arrested. Hypothetically. And I kill myself, okay? I chose to do that, right? Okay, great. But you made it legal, okay? You made it legal for me to get access to it, great. So 
That's the law. You made it legal. I got access to it. No problem. Say I'm driving in an autobahn and the speed limit is what? There is no speed limit in Germany. I go 180 miles an hour. I hit somebody that's going 50. Okay? Now, you told me there's no uh, uh, restrictions on how fast I can go. Maybe you ought to put some restrictions on that, right? Okay? So you talk about how rich a person got. How did a person become rich? Did he create the laws? Is he the one that's creating the tax code? Is he the one that created? What did he do wrong? What did he do wrong? He didn't do anything wrong. He simply went out there, used the current tax code that everybody else uses, and he made money for himself. That's doing something wrong? Oh, but he's greedy. Why don't you go create $300 billion in net worth? Let's see if you can do it. Mm. Since you make it look like it's so easy, I dare you to go do it. Matter of fact, let's put a challenge for you. We'll give you 20 years. Go see if you can be worth $300 billion. How many people have done that? Making it seem like this is a sin on what these guys are doing. Stop it. Warren Buffett's worth a hundred some billion dollars. What do you? Who do you know that stayed disciplined and won industry for sixty plus years, seventy plus years? You should reward that. There should be an incentive and rewarding of that. So demonizing these guys is the dumbest thing to do out there by but, constantly demonizing what these guys are doing. Speaking of Buffett, you know he's been very vocal that he thinks he should pay more tax. Why do you think he says that? I'm though? asking you. That's Why do you what, think he says that though? Pandering? Why, why do you think he says that? Maybe a, a maybe he does feel like he should pay do, more taxes. Do you, okay, then do. Go ahead. Nobody's forcing you not exactly. to do it. Go do it. Well, a lot of it is he's being, uh, he's choosing no, to no, do his but, philanthropy but when people with, the, with a giving pledge. When people say stuff like that, yeah. you, nobody's stopping you from sending more tax money in. Right. Go send it. He, he could write a check no, to no, the you, IRS. You, go for it. Iris is going to keep that money. Why do you think money. he keeps saying that? Be, why, okay, so, my God. You can't be that naive, Adam. This is a part that sometimes I wonder and I sit there and I say, this guy's Adam's a level of naivete Goes, why, why does Buffett so why don't we, say that? Why don't we unpack that? Sure. Why don't we unpack that? Have you ever read Buffett's uh, books? No, what is it called? Snowball? The or Snowball Effect. Snowball. You ever read his book? No. You ever read his material? I've read, his, yeah, I've read some stuff that he's written to shareholder every year. Have yeah. you read uh, his relationship with politics over the years? How close he realized he needed to get to political people and to understand the fact that politics are involved in what he wants to do? Have you ever studied? No. Okay. So... So uh, uh, how, how valuable is it to an Obama to get a Buffett to say, I should pay more taxes? How much does a Buffett saying that in an interview with CNBC or Fox Business or CNN or ABC or NBC a week after Obama announces raising of taxes – for Buffett to say, I should pay more taxes, how much does that get the average person to say exactly what you just said, which is what? Well, Buffett said they should raise my taxes, and maybe they should be okay. Why are you not okay with you raising your taxes? He's worth $50 billion at the time. You're not. You should be okay if he's okay. It's not how this stuff works. The way these things work is, hey, what would you like me to do? Hey, listen, here's what I'd like to see. I'm having a hard time with XYZ. We'd like to be able to do this. I'd like to see the administration following, passing the following whatever law, whatever, you know, policy, et cetera, et cetera. Great. Hey, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Do you mind going out there and supporting my tax bill and saying the fact that people like you should pay more taxes? Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. How soon can you do that? Do you mind doing it tomorrow? Can you call one of the press conferences or can you call one of these guys and write that up? Sure. The next day, boom. And then Obama goes up and says, listen, folks, a lot of people complain about taxes, but here's the thing. How many of you guys are richer than Buffett? If Warren Buffett says he should pay more taxes, maybe you ought to be okay with it as well. Because this thing doesn't hurt anybody else more than it hurts Warren Buffett. Boom. You know what? He's right. Boom. The bill gets passed. 
Now, do I know 100% this happened or not? Of course I don't know 100% whether this happened or not. But when you make it to that level of wealth, you don't give a shit about taxes. You give a shit about regulation. It ain't taxes. It's regulation you care about. You don't sit there and say, oh, I'd love to save another 2% in capital gains. No, no, no. You'd love to create a new regulation or deregulate something to help you take your business to the next level or eliminate competition. That's, what's, that's what you're more interested in at that level. Again, this is speculation. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong, believe I'm wrong. Which, which direction do you think Buffett votes? I think Buffett uh, has voted. I know Buffett's voted left and right throughout his career. Uh, uh, he's not somebody that's uh, voted only on the left or only on the right. He's gone both sides. But I think, uh, uh, again, Adam, I think it changes on how you vote at that time. You're not just voting at that time based on uh, 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 the, the same thing that an average person votes with. W- votes with. At that time, you're voting on who you can think influence. you can get the most things done with because you're Warren Buffett. So if you vote for a person that wants to have nothing to do with you, you ain't going to get shit done with that person. So you'd much rather get somebody to get elected that's willing to work with you during those four years to help pass stuff that's going to favor you. You think he voted for Trump ever? I don't think he voted for Trump. I don't think he voted for Trump. Buffett? I don't think he voted for Trump. No. I don't think because I don't think a sure he endorsed Hillary. I don't think a Buffett likes people like Trump because it's not his cup of tea. I don't think Buffett is a Trump guy, and I don't think Trump's a Buffett guy. I don't think uh, uh, I don't see those two having dinner together saying, "Hey." The whole reason that I brought that up is because obviously you're talking about taxes and why, uh, in this case, Elon Musk was not willing to obviously want to pay more taxes, but essentially. You have a Buffett saying, yes, we should pay more. And you have a Musk saying that, no, I should pay less. So here's my point. Perfect. They're both concerned about regulation, are they not? Let me ask you a question. They're both concerned Let about Let me ask that. you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question between the two. You ready? Mm-hmm. Here's a question for you. Okay. Which one of the two does the current administration like and support? The current administration does not, uh, for, for whatever reason, get along with Elon Musk. Why do you think they don't like Elon Musk? I don't know, but he hasn't been invited to any of the but why electric do you th- vehicles. But why do you though? think, though? Why do you think, though? Why? Because he's questioning their, their antics? Why? Do, be, because he's people. a guy. He's what? No, I'm, the, people, the people who have voted for Biden are also the people that are trying to get rid of him in terms of like the, the, the car manufacturers, the other companies and stuff like that. Stand they can't like stand Elon Musk because he calls out on their shit. They cannot stand a guy like Elon Musk. They cannot mm-hmm. stand a guy he, like him. He's a troublemaker. He causes. He he shakes yeah. and shakes the yeah. system. But but he also gets results. So listen, there's troublemakers that no, don't and, don't and cur- I think, pr- and I think produce tr- results. With Trump, he yeah. can understand him and see him for what he is and be like, oh, he's Elon Musk. He's innovation. Like there's a there's the risk. There's the annoyance with the reward yeah. in terms of progress. But yeah. with the with the people that are very structured and very like proper who's, in the bureaucracy. Let me ask you, who's more scared, Bezos or Elon Musk? Scared? Who's more scared of what? Of the administration, who was more scared? Of the I think two? Uh, Elon Musk. I, no, I think Jeff Bezos. I think by Jeff far. Bezos by far, but not even close. How 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 would you say Amazon? Bezos? The way they're going after Amazon, the way that there there's more of a monopoly there, and yeah. I also think that Elon Musk is more kind of like ah, I don't give a shit type, type of guy. <laughs> okay, let me ask the question in a completely different way yeah. from you. Here's a different way of asking a question from you. You ready? Uh, you know the movie Gladiator, where uh, Russell Crowe goes up to. His owner, and he says, hey, you used to be a, a gladiator, right? Win the, and you crowd. Got, win the crowd. Okay. 
You think Bezos has won the crowd? No. You think uh, Elon Musk has won the crowd? Absolutely. Matter of fact, pull up Eli- uh, Jeff Bezos' Twitter account. I don't even know the number. I'm going to say six million. I'm going to say seven. I don't know the number. I'm going to say six or seven million. For a guy worth two hundred billion dollars, I'm going to say he's only got six or seven million followers. Shit, three. I was off. One, three. three million. Okay. Now go to Elon Musk. Okay. Net worth about the same. Used to be six months ago, three months ago, unless things change two uh, uh, until things change in the last two weeks. Just click on Elon Musk right on there. His account. Go back, click on Elon Musk on his account, 63, 63 million. million. That's, That's 21, times, 21 times more. So you have to know, Elon has won the crowd. Bezos has not. So Elon, if you go after Elon, you're going after 63 million people that are going to come after They're going to rally behind if him. If you go after Bezos, no one's going to be. They're going to be like, listen, it is what it is. Bezos is scared. Elon Musk is not scared. Bezos, how often have you heard Bezos ruffle the feathers of people in politics and say stuff? All the time. No, Bezos. Bezos? Oh, oh, no, Bezos, never. No, how long you, how Go often do you hear Bezos Elon Musk? Uh, the, only, tweet, the, only th- the only time I think I've seen that Trump. is when he's, yeah, when he's, like, everyone's, everyone's agreeing with that. But it's popular. It's yeah, popular to go after It's Trump. more hopping on it because yeah. you know the odds are it's an easy, it's an easy win. Anyways, this leads us into the next story, yeah. which is what happened between him and uh, Leo at a, uh, what was it, at an event? When there was a picture of the way, if you want to pull up the picture of Leo uh, uh, and uh, his girl, what page is this on? Page two. Okay, Jeff Bezos' response to a viral clip of, uh, of uh, Lauren Sanchez and Leo jokes, Leo, come over here. Amazon co-founder, 57 years old, Monday, threw down a playful threat while poking fun at a video that went viral over the weekend. The clip document on the moment that he and the partner Lauren Sanchez shared with DiCaprio at LACMA Art and Film Gala on LA Saturday. In the brief, the Emmy Award-winning journalist 51 can be seen flashing a big smile at the 46-year-old actor, a longtime co-chair of the annual event. While Bezos stands by her side, Leo is Mr. Steel, yo girl. Barstool Sports jokingly said about this. Uh, and then he says, let's come over here. I want to show you something, Leo. And then he put that with a danger fa- fatal drop sign. So if you want to go back to uh, the danger uh, fatal drop sign, look at that. Uh, Cliff... Okay, which is funny. Good for you yeah. for showing sense of humor. And by the way, look at those traps. Okay, guy's in shape. Looking the guy's, guy's been working shape. out. Yeah, guy's been working out. Mr. Still Yo Girl. Who is that? What song is that? Mr. Still Yo Girl. That T-Pain? T-Pain, yeah. Is that who that? All right, thoughts. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, here we go. Could Leo steal Jeff Bezos' girl? Absolutely. I'm sure he could, bro. Freaking Leonardo DiCaprio. Do you think Leo... She's who too is, old for him. There you go. You think Leo, who is what, age 46, has any interest whatsoever in Lauren Sanchez, who's 51 years old or 50, yeah, 51? No. Zero interest. If there's a number three in front of a girl's age. She's attractive. It's just she's too old for him. If there's a number three in front of a woman's age, Leo Hain got no interest. Ricky Gervais said it best. What did he say? He said it best when he said, listen, you know, the movie, uh, uh, the, 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 the the mob movie that they created, oh, the, the Irishman. He said, oh, the, the Irishman. Irishman. Yeah. I watched it. Good movie. A little too long, but I watched it. As a matter of fact, the movie's so long that Leonardo DiCaprio went with his date to watch the movie. By the time the movie ended, she his date was too old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, the girl he's dating right now, Camila Maroney, is 24 years old. Makes sense. The last girl he dated was actually a girl from Miami who I know hung out with her a million times, Nina Agdahl. She's been on the cover of Sports Illustrated. She just turned 29. So he saw the writing on the wall. He's like, listen, a little too old for me. You know, Leo, I think, abides by the um, half your age plus seven. So he's 46. 
half your age, 23 plus seven, that's 30. That's too old for him. He's like half your age minus seven is basically where he's at. Yeah, that's, uh, that's illegal right there. I think he just follows the half your age theory <laughs> is what he does. He follows half the age theory. Yeah, you know, one zero thing that's interest surprising in here, if you, go, if you go back to the video, I see one person wearing a mask in L.A. And that's the waiter in the background there. That's By the way, it. do you see James Goldstein in the back? He's the guy, the old guy with the hat, with yeah, the long hair. Yeah, he's at every single NBA game in the. Yeah, yeah, that guy's a made man over there in the NBA. Is there a, is there a more eligible bachelor on the planet than Leonardo DiCaprio? Is there Adam more? Sosnick? Listen, yeah, well, that love guy to be in his getting married is just you know. I don't look, look that. what happened to Clooney. Do you think you know he basically he went did his. Uh, we got five minutes. Pick approval, a story. You got, you got five rating. minutes. You want to go to approval rating because yes. Adam always talks about approval rating. How yeah. important Go to are. page nine. Go to page nine, approval rating. Uh, okay, Biden's approval rating sinks public disapproval higher than ever before this post-millennial story. Results of a new poll released on Sunday show a further decline. Uh, Tyler, may want to pull up the poll. In President Biden's approval rating, coupled with the likewise increase in his disapproval rating, the poll shows Biden now sits at a mere 38% approval rating. Uh, while his disapproval rating shot up to 59%, the poll was conducted at a joint effort of Su- uh, Sioux Falls University and USA Today, which wrote that it had found that Biden's support had centered, had cratered among the uh, independent voters who delivered his margin of victory over former President Donald Trump a year ago. Vice President Kamala Harris had similar results from recent polls. She is currently at 51% disapproval rating, and only 28% of those polled approved of the job she's doing. Whoa. That's very low. She's crushing it. So um, first thing that I thought of when I was reading this is obviously we were talking about yesterday when we were preparing how how reliable are polls, what are this, what are that, what are the other. So I, first thing I went to was where my head went was if uh, do approval ratings matter and what do they say about the midterms? If we read here, second and more importantly, the third paragraph here, presidential approving ratings in recent years have been a decent indicator of what happens in midterms. In the last four, meaning 2006, 2010, 2014, and 2018, the incumbent president's disapproval rating was higher than his approval, and in all four cases, the president's party lost a sizable block of the House seats. Uh, and if you scroll down a little bit more, you'll see here just kind of where their ratings were at. So obviously I think that this is, does it matter on him and what he cares about? I think there's probably an ego aspect of your approval rating, this, that, and the other, when you're in the office, but beyond that, it's for me, it's the bigger indicator of what is the country saying, like where where were things going, and if the house flips uh, in the midterm election next year, it's going to be very challenging for him to do anything as hard as it has been wow. already now when Holy he's had all three houses. Moly, look at look at the change. So for Clinton, it was minus fifty two, uh, party seat change, house midterms minus fifty two. Yeah, damn. Clinton plus five on the second term, plus eight Bush, minus 30 push, Obama minus 63. Correct. And on Obama minus 13, both times he lost. And then Trump was minus 40. So Trump's the third worst between Obama and Clinton. Mm-hmm. And Bush and Clinton are the only ones that had a positive on one of the midterms. Wow. Okay, when, so when does uh, so Bush was how actually, bad you think this is going to be with Biden? The, how bad the thing with Bush? Well, what do you mean by how bad the flip? Oh, the House, yeah, or, or the, the, the midterms? Yes, oh, I think they're gonna get crushed like, like, crushed like worse than Obama crushed minus um, 63, like that. Look, I can see that. Coming. I mean, he I, I Biden know, could be the goat know. if he does that. I don't know about. <laughs> 
I don't know about that, but uh, here, here's what I do know. Um, I think there, there might be people out there that are going to laugh, but that's fine. I think we've seen the worst of Biden. Like, there, he just had He's something. He's going to make a comeback. I think he just had something this week that's actually going to help him. Think about what's happened over the last six months. Number one, his not handling COVID has not been effective. The way that they left Afghanistan, I think short-term that hurt him. Long-term that might help him. Long-term, mm. when he if he runs for re-election, cause, which I don't even know if he will. Uh, I, I, Afghanistan was a disaster short-term. Everything that's happened with inflation, with the supply chain, not good. Obviously, Joe Manchin, Chris and Cinema getting in the way, the let's go Brandon thing. I think a lot of the bad stuff has happened, and he's sort of weathered the storm, sort of. But he needed a win, and he just got a win with this infrastructure bill. And I've been talking about the need for, they've been talking about the need for an infrastructure bill for how long? 40 freaking years. And in my opinion, Trump really messed up when he went to tackle Obamacare and healthcare before the, um, before infrastructure. But uh, speaking of net approval, so there's a website called 538. You familiar with this? Yeah. The one we're on right Okay. Here. Is this 538? Yep. All right. So net approval. How unpopular is Joe Biden? Net approval, currently he's minus nine. Minus nine. Trump, minus 18. Obama, plus nine. George W. Bush, plus 76. For whatever reason, people love George W. Bush. <laughs> Plus 76. Bill Clinton, plus three and a half. George H.W. Bush, plus 37. Ronald Reagan, plus 18. Jimmy Carter, plus 24. That's That's over the last 40 years. All I'm saying is these things are important, and people didn't understand why Trump wouldn't get elected again. His net approval rating was shockingly horrible. So so let me ask you this question one more time. Do you think he's going to beat the president and become the goat of the most seats flipping? Uh, you I think, think he's going to beat Obama's record? I don't think he's going to beat Obama's record. That's a great record, record to hold, by the way. Yeah. How many seats you lose. Catastrophic. So, let's talk about it. Yeah. Because it's about to happen. Will it be more than Obama or will it be less than no, Obama? No, I don't think it will be more than Obama. Will it be more than uh, 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 Trump? I think it will be. So, what do you think the number is going to be? 50? Uh, 45? In that 40 range. In the 40 range. Okay, yeah. what do you think? Do you think it's going to be 61, 63? I'm, I'm thinking in the 50, 60 range. Okay, because 60 is a so massive, what? massive number. But then again, I'd By say the way, you said something about saying. Afghanistan. Did you see yeah. this speech uh, uh, Biden gave? gave like 15 years ago or 10 no. years ago? You got to hear what he said on the right way to leave Afghanistan. Okay. Well, stop, 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 stop. Okay, stop. Okay, go. There's one Twitter video up there that's audio. That's Bar very storm. annoying. Up, up. Tyler, go up. And then to the left. Three taps to the left. There's a bar stool video. Kai, how does it feel to be on this side of the equation? I love it. I love it. But you guys got to see this thing. What is going on here, Kai? Okay, go back to... While lost. they're working on this. Okay. Biden needs some victories no, no, you were... in order to, to win the crowd. You talked about winning the crowd. We talked about Gladiator. Biden needs some victories. Click he on hasn't media. had many. Click on media. Go to the top and click on media. It's the fast. On the Twitter, go all the way to the top. Go to media right there. Okay. Uh, okay. So then just go down. Scroll Keep down. going down uh, until you get to the video. Go, go, go. It's going to come up. Here's what Biden said about the right way to leave Afghanistan 10 years ago. Make it bigger. About what our options are. In Listen. If tomorrow the order goes out from the pre- I'm president of the United States. 20 years ago. Order. 15 years ago. End the war today, begin to withdraw all American troops. 
It will take a year to get the American troops out. You hear me now? That's the truth. It will take a year to get them physically out. Now, if you leave all the equipment behind, you might be able to do it in seven months. And you leave those billions of dollars of weapons behind, I promise they're going to be used against your grandchild and mine someday. Pause it. it makes a big difference. To Adam, what do you think about that? Do you agree with them? This didn't age well is what you're saying. This didn't age well, buddy. Because, yeah. but, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. On an, uh, in an uh, honest, I want you to be. Yep. Does he not sound presidential here? Yes, he did. He, he did. did. He sounds presidential Well, that's when here. he was running in 08. Yeah, but what yeah. I'm trying to say is he sounds like, listen, good for, he made sense. But so for him to say what he said then, he did the complete opposite, leaving Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you've seen this nowhere in the media being shared. You've not seen this anywhere in the media being shared. David Harris Jr. shared this, and then I posted on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, you know, you hear a plan that he knew what was the right thing to do, and they still didn't do what he knew was the right thing to Maybe do just 13 years ago. It. I don't think he forgot about it. I just think How didn't much do, it that do you way. respect Joe Biden? I, uh, I don't think it's a respect thing. I don't think he's a number one. I've never said I, I don't respect the guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a number one. It's that simple for me. I, I, I respect you. I don't know if you would do a better job running this place than Mario because I don't think you would want to do that. And I think your position of strength is in a different place. Mm-hmm. Just like when's the last time you saw Mario on the podcast? He almost was on for the 100th episode. When have you seen Mario on the podcast? No, Why, seen not? Why not? Why not? So, so think about it. So this isn't, I'm not, this isn't like, I'm not a mm-hmm. favoritism guy. I'm very much about knowing who's going to do good here, who's going to do good there, who's going to do good here. And that's not his job. Biden's not meant to be there, period. This thing got nothing to do whether I like him, respect him, or don't respect him. It's just not his position. You don't think he should be at the top is what you're saying? I don't think he should when be he, one. When he was running then. I, that's an advisor. That's a guy that you're like, hey, what do you think? He was a great mm-hmm. VP. I think that's good. Like When he's speaking like that, he made everything he said he made sense. Who'd be a better number one, him or Hillary Clinton? That's better not even a question. It's not, Hillary's a number one. Hillary's She's a number a one. There's no question end. about it. She's really? a, not, not a number one. I agree with the values and principles. Yeah, but you think she is a number she's one? She's an absolute number one. She's an absolute number one. Obama's a number one. Obama's a number one. Trump's a number one. Trump's a number one. Jimmy Carter? Not a number one. Not a number one. Not a number one. And Adam Adam is a number one to me, and hopefully before 43, a number one for somebody. Thank you. Hopefully a number one for somebody. How does a number one? such a sweetheart. I'd love to talk to you more. I got to go because I got a dream team call. Gang, really enjoyed it. I think we may do podcasts tomorrow instead of Thursday because I'm going to be in L.A. this week, but we will let you know. If we do do it tomorrow, you'll see it once we post it. Having said that, have a great Tuesday, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.